That's right, Phil's back. Oh no. <laughs> Hello. Intro Welcome to Dial H for Hero Clicks, episode eight. I'm your host, Hunter Smith. With uh, me today, Austin. Hey. Drew. Yo. Special guest Phil Young. Boys are back in town. Um, Phil's been on before. He's a good friend, a local judge at the Game Preserve in Greenwood, and now an employee there as well. Oh no. How was your Gen Con, Phil? It was great. It was def- different playing in a organized WizKid event. But it was uh, fantastic. We had a couple con exclusives and had a lot of fun. Organized kid event. <laughs> yeah, the, the air quotes. Was that your first? That wasn't your first Gen Con, but was it your first time playing Clicks at Gen Con? <clears throat> yeah, it was my first time. The only other time I played Hero or Hero Clicks was back when it was Mage Night at a at a uh, comic book convention years ago, back in like two thousand. So. A lot different. Well, lot. See, you, you know Mage Knight well then, or at least to no, a point. <laughs> I, I, I demoed it, essentially. Uh, so. Today we're going to be s- discussing spoilers, uh, lots of Avengers vs. X-Men event news, Woo-hoo! team building tips will be the main topic today, um, and then we'll go over comics, specifically the X-Men books right now, which there's a million, and uh, video games. And we'll also announce the winner of the best build contest. Uh, yeah. It might be a long cast today, but we have lots to talk about. Uh, let's get into the news first. The biggest news, like I said, is the Avengers versus X-Men. We've got, you know, we had a little teaser to talk about last week, but this week we have pretty much all the info that we're going to need to know. Um, it's going to be a four-month-long event. The starter sets that we talked about last week, which were, is it $40? Forty dollars $40 a piece. You pick Avengers or X-Men. You get six switch clicks. You do get the dice and the tokens that we saw at uh, Gen Con. And the last month participation prize will be a team base uh, specific to the starter set that you picked. So if you've got Avengers, you get Avengers. If you've got X-Men, you get X-Men. So that's good news for everybody. You know, I'm I'm sure there are a lot of people who want an Avengers team base, um, and I guess now we'll have three X Men team bases. But you know, what the heck? <laughs> um, uh, also, in those packs, besides the map, uh, besides the uh, dice tokens and figs, there's going to be a rule book, a PAC, and two maps. So that's pretty good. It's a straight. Up, it's a good starter. It's a little pricey, but at least you're getting a lot of stuff in it. Yeah, I mean, um, what does everybody think about that news overall? I mean, is that uh, Are you excited? Or? The LE figures? Have you not seen who they announced as the LEs? I know there's a cable, which everybody's had. There's about. a Black Panther. I mean, we haven't seen like there's some there's modern Black Panthers. Well, then no, not Cap any, was the last not one. anymore. Captain yeah, yeah Cap, Cap just cycled one. out. So, so I'm excited about that. And, and there's then, no modern cable right now either. And then yeah. the the like gang or the winning team award is freaking Phoenix Buster Iron Man. I mean, like there, there's so many cool figures they went with for this. If you guys want to see. Uh, all of the the starter sets and all this information go to heroclicks.com at the top go to uh, retailer or sorry at the top go to downloads and then go to the retail assets page and then you will see all the PDFs if you want to actually look and they have some of the pictures of the the LEs that they're giving out and everything so yeah I mean we were expecting a DC event but I do like that it's four months instead of six yeah, because I feel like the events drag on a little bit. That's sometimes. what I was gonna say. By by month five or six, like I'm kind of burned out. Like even on yeah. fear itself, I love the idea, but about right now I'm starting to get tired of it. And No Man's Land definitely drag on, like drug on by the end of it. No Man's Land was yeah, yeah. a trick. <laughs> it was a journey. Um, we also got a lot of Iron Man news about for the Invincible Iron Man set that's coming Woo-hoo! out. 
It will be a full set with no super boosters. We already knew that. But it will be six chases. And the rings thematic will... Thematic chases. Yeah, thematic iron... Uh, no word yet on exactly what they are. Roller skates. Um, <laughs> the rings will randomly be inserted into the boosters. And there are a total of nine... Nine from the boosters and one and then one from the OP kit and the resource for the rings is also in the OP kit and I was kind of disappointed that they're only giving you three, three of the uh, resource uh, thing in each OP OP kit. So really, it's two to give out to your your uh, players. Um, The OP kit will have three different figures, though. That's good. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, both those all the OP kits they have that are lined up are all three of three, which is and there will be three objects as well. Yeah. Um, they also spoiled the Iron Man. Um, let me see if I can pull them up here. And not only did they spoil him, but I also noticed, they if you look at his card, that it says 001A. The Prime is shown up above, but they didn't spoil one. Ah, it's yet. a Prime. I was hoping it would be like the Spidey, the 001A yeah, no, Like we, maybe we would yeah, get three suits. That would be great. Um, it does have the advanced targeting, which they had been telling us was coming. This one... Whenever he shoots, he ignores hindering and blocking terrain on line of fire, which is crazy. It's whenever he draws line of fire, he ignores, but the destruction of terrain only happens on attacks. So the destroys blocking actually would only happen when he shoots. Right. Yeah. So Not on any movement. line of fire. Perplex would actually look through hindering on him or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. His uh, trade, if you play him at 300, it's gives awesome. him moving attack. He's got a lot of precision strike. And... Um, a, pr- a pretty Iron Manny looking di- dial. Yeah. Uh, shield TA and plexes and outwits. Yeah, it's, it's pretty standard. <laughs> they're trying to cram like everything on his dial. But what I like about him most, like he's not like amazing for his points. But those keywords are so buildable around it isn't even funny. They're doing a better job with keywords. Finally, um, it sucks that they did so crappy on him in Teen Titans. But at least now with X Men, X Men, all the keywords are really good. And uh, so far, this set's looking pretty good on keywords, too. Uh, There was another announcement. The Legion of Superheroes set will be coming out. uh, No word yet on a date or anything, but it will be the next main DC set. I mean, an official. Oh, yeah. It's February 2014 is what they're looking at for it. WizKids, it'll probably be March 2014. It's Superman and the Legion of Superheroes, so there will also be a sub-theme... Um, Legion of Doom is going to be the starter set, which is awesome. Yes. Because uh, Legion of Superheroes is not a super popular yeah. um, book or group. Um, but I think everybody is pretty excited about Legion of Doom because there's no modern Grodd. Um, Grundy. No modern Grundy. Well, I don't know if they'll put Grundy in there or not, but they might. The Grundy's on the list. Sweet. Um, Giganta. I will say the book might not be the most popular since it gets canceled all the time, but there's a reason why they always bring it back. So there's a sub-theme in Superman, which was great. And then I think think they can push through with this one. And I do think the villain sub-theme is... Is a home run. Yeah, I was going to say, from what I've noticed on, like, forums and stuff, like, fans of Legion of Superhero are very vocal and they love it. Yeah. But the books never quite meet their expectations, which Mm -hmm. seems to be a recurring theme with it. It's unfortunate. It'll it'll be interesting to see what they put in the set, definitely. Uh, Black Manta is going to be in there. We're super excited about Black Manta. (laughs) I'm so excited for that. So, yeah, I'm more interested in seeing what other sub-themes they throw in there. And um, I, hopefully it's not a super booster set. Hopefully it's a straight 
Hopefully they give yeah, up on the super think, booster I thing. I think they said it was 10, 10 boosters per brick, so it'll be a, it'll be a non-super booster. I'm Sweet. I'm getting tired of super boosters, honestly. Uh, we had another Same. Batman uh, 66 spoiler, which was Shame. 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 He actually looks pretty cool. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> he's, got, he's a cowboy. Um, his death trap... He can use the ability, and the bonus is equal to the number of characters on the map. That's pretty good. His movement ability gives him running shot. When he does, until his next turn, he can uh, improve movement through blocking. And he gets invul, and he gets plus one damage. But at the end of the turn, you have to roll a d6. If you get a one to three, you have to deal him one unavoidable. And he has a special attack power with sharpshooter. Uh, When he resolves the ranged combat action, place a BAM token on his card. Give him a free action to remove a BAM token and then make a close combat attack. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, he's got that special running shot and then a lot of running shot. Or two clicks, of run, two more clicks of standard running shot and then two more clicks of sidestep. So he's got plenty of moving attack. And uh, he looks pretty... Six, only 65 he's only points. 65. I, I like him. Six range with sharpshooter. I know. And I like, like What, first click, like you have freaking... A ten attack, three damage if he uses running shot with it. I mean, like he's he's a fun yeah, piece. He drops onto willpower RCE, so he's. I like fun. him. Sculpt looks good. All the sculpts look. Run cool. him with a bunch of different tanks, and yeah, he's got warrior, so he uh, works with all the tank bonuses. Let, oh, most of them are off soldier. Uh, I think, but one of, the of tanks them warrior. One of them is uh, one of the bonuses on one of the mil- I think the military you can have soldier or warrior, and then the other bonus is from the um, sergeant rock. Yeah. Uh, Or a commando bonus. Um, We also got a Star Trek spoiler, but this one is way cooler than the rest, in my opinion. Because it is a a colossal. It is. Tactical Cube 138. It can be played at 800, 600, or 300 with the Borg TA, colossal size, uh, sharpshooter, two bolts, nine, nine range. His trait gives him multi-attack, but one of the actions it takes as a free action must be an attack that targets a ship marked with an assimilation token, which, like we said, it's not going to be hard to get those tokens on these on these uh, ships with all the cool combos that they've put in the set. He has hypersonic with a 12 movement, 13 <laughs> attack, and a 20 invincible with 7 damage. Uh, he doesn't... I guess <laughs> he has 22 clicks of life, which is about standard for a Colossal at 800, but he can be outwitted. That's the, one thing. The one thing I'd like it. to point out, and like what I said when this first got posted, I love his first click because it's like, oh, Invincible, I'm just going to peg him for two. He actually drops into a much better second click if you peg him for if you peg him for two to guess half to one. Even if you hit him, even yeah, even if he takes two, he goes on to Pulse Wave with... Oh yeah, imper. I mean, he's got a he's got a smattering of imperv and outwit, pulse wave, running shot, lots of moving attack. He looks awesome. He has a special attack power later down his dial that whenever he hits, he does dan- he does penetrating. So basically, both of your multi attacks are going to be doing penetrating. And then they're getting assimilation tokens every time you do. So he's going to be pretty cool. Oh wait, you know what? He can use multi attack, but if he does one of the f- one must be a free action that targets a ship with an assimilation. Does that mean if the first attack hits, they get a token, and then you hit I again? would think, yeah, because let's read the... When a ship using this TA hits an opposing ship, place one assimilation it's token... It's not after action. Yeah, result. I was going to say, it's not after, so... So as long as you hit with the first attack, you get a second attack against the same target. It looks pretty cool. Do you think this will be the only... Have they... The only Colossal? I think it's the only Colossal, because I, they well, showed it in the case at Gen Con, like uh, it was a big special thing. I don't have a clue, I'm not the one to ask. Because, you know, Deep Space Nine would be another... <laughs> yeah. 
great one. Oh my god! I think gosh. that's the uh, reward. They're doing that as a reward the for the attack wing thing. Yeah. yeah. They also announced um, that they're going to amend the replacement policy because there's been so many problems with the Wolverine and the X Men boosters. No, really. <laughs> they're now going to cover the pieces in the super boosters and primes and chases. Um, we've heard tons of stories here locally of people getting crappy bricks and people getting really, really good bricks that they shouldn't have gotten. Um, Drew just I, had one yesterday. What did okay, I so got a Magneto. The normal Magneto, not the Prime Magneto, the normal Magneto. And he wasn't a switch click. And I broke him because I thought he was a switch click. What was the other thing that was magical in your booster? I got a chase and a prime. No, you got an ice man. Oh yeah, I got an ice man. So he got one of the ice the, the ice man base. that comes from a team base in his regular booster pack. <laughs> and um, Harry, who's another local player, had bought the other brick that goes yeah, with Drew's he, brick, and he didn't get any prime or chases. Was one SR. He got an abysmal brick. It's the worst I've ever seen. So Drew got his prime and chase in his brick. I feel bad. I mean, Harry's probably going to be listening to this because he does. <laughs> and I would just like to say, Harry, remember Denny's. <laughs> um, I've heard of... Ricky's was perfect. Yeah. yeah Ricky's was I mean, I've heard of people getting ones I, that don't have any issues. But for the most part, somebody, everybody has something at least small, like a card missing, or they have extra cards that aren't supposed to be in there, or something. Yeah, the big issue I've seen the most of actually is with chases, particularly, is with the Colossus Prime or the Colossus Chase. Out of the like three of them I've seen pulled, mine had no arm, and another guy I knew pulled without had no arm too. And then the third one I've seen came out perfect, which is crazy that a chase has a consistent error like that. It it's just I personally feel like <clears throat> they thought about delaying it further. Heard the outcry, and I think they might have just rushed it. Unfortunately. I, I think so, too. It, yeah. And, like, as we were talking about, the problems we're seeing are consistent. So, like, Iceman in a brick, I've seen that problem reported on Realms before, too. So I'm wondering if it's, like, when they're rushed, like, they put the wrong mold in or whatever, and it just ended up putting an Iceman in every freaking 10th yeah, brick or whatever. quality control. I'm there. thinking there was a gas leak in the little... Uh, Chinese factory where the kids were making these. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the poor derpy face painter guy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, that's about sums up the main news and spoilers that they've uh, given us this week. Um, let's move on to our main topic, which is going to be team building. Now, this is a topic that you could go on and on about forever. How many zombies can I fit on the And board? it's also kind of a personal... Choice, you know, preference type thing too. But we'll give some gen, uh, like generic um, tips for team building, and then we can each kind of say like how we personally usually go about it. Um, I would say I'll start off by giving what I what I wrote out as the kind of different schools of thought whenever that people take on team basis or uh, on team basis on team building. Team bases um, are team building. You just pick one. Or <laughs> There's your team. The one I would call like the classic is the balanced team of primary attacker who is usually half of your. We're talking 300, let's say, because yeah. that's the standard meta. Primary attacker who should be about half of your points. This is about around 150. A secondary attacker who is about a third of your point value, so about 100, and then a support piece which is about 50 points. That's like the go-to balance, what I call classic. Yeah. Um, 
a good example of that is the Gen Con team that won last year of Morgan Lefay, who's a hundred and thirty one or one hundred thirty eight, something like that. Um, the Wasp, who is about seventy seven points, which is about one third of the total, and then Scarlet Witch and the Infinity Gauntlet being the the two support pieces. Um, that was a perfect example of a classic balanced team. Yeah. Uh, a focused team. I didn't really know what to call this strategy, but a lot of people do this. Um, it's not really a one-man army, per se, but it is a primary piece that you're spending a little more than half of your points on, so probably like a, maybe a 200-point piece um, that has maybe power cosmic or is just an all-around just beast like... Um, Trying to think of a good a good Black example, May, yeah, Black Adam at two hundred or something like that. He's got a lot of good options. And then you spend the rest of your points on support with two or three small support pieces. Yeah, <laughs> I, an example of that actually. Now I think about it, would be George's team last year of Black Adam with the Infinity Gauntlet and Harry Leland being his two support pieces. Well, I was going to say like that, that. I'd almost say that's a tentpole team though, because yeah, tentpole would be a good name for it. Yeah. That's because true. it's one it's one primary piece that you put a lot of weight into, and if it gets nailed hard, it gets... If screwed. you think about it, the Ghost Rider is kind of that kind of thing, too. By the time that you pay for him and the Heroes for Hire and the belt, he's over 150. Yeah. He's about 160, and then you're throwing two Scarlet Witches or something on there. Yeah, really can't carry their own um, There's the Swarm Team, which is typically like one piece that gives the other ones like some kind of minion bonus. The piece is usually like 80-ish points, and the rest of them are like 30 and 40 points. Um, a prime example of this in the meta right now would be GCPD. would be Lieutenant Gordon, who's like 70 points, 60, 68 points, and then the two cruisers that are like 60 points, and the two officers are like 30, or however you play it. Um, that's a, an example of a swarm team. And with Book of Skulls now, swarm teams are going to be a lot oh, yeah. more legit. Um even just tiny little like minion teams that you used to really not take seriously with the book of the skull and only paying three points a hammer especially when we get to those eight hammers where you can get power cosmic on all of them and two hammers all that stuff it's (laughs) going to be pretty nuts so that zombie's going to be doing a little swarm swarm was swarm was a team build that was kind of fading a little bit but now with book of skull i feel like it's going to make a slow slow comeback um, one man army is just that. It is a Justice one League power piece. piece. It's a Justice League three hundred, Galactus at three hundred, um, Imperial Guard now at three hundred. We've been talking. I don't know how much longer that everybody, or I shouldn't say everybody, but how much longer it's going to take for everybody to realize how stupidly good the Imperial Guard is at three hundred. But yeah, right it's now, like it's the game. it's the best single piece, and oh not gosh. enough people are talking about it. But I guess we'll it'll. Go out and get it now before it's $50 is all I'm going to say. Um, but no matter what you choose, the most important aspect of these teams is synergy. And to have fun. Well, we're talking... <laughs> we're talking competitively. You either want your support pieces to cover your main piece's weaknesses, or I feel like nowadays it's almost, with Alpha Strike being so prevalent... It's actually people are using their support pieces to strengthen their strengths and make it just one focused with Ghost Rider, the belt and the heroes are higher, and the perplexes and the props from Scarlet Witch and the barrier. Like they're putting all their eggs in one basket. Yeah, but and it's a good basket. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to bring up with tentpole teams. 
it's very vital when you build a team like that that your support is negating the luck factor. That's why you have so many props. Because if you go in for that one big alpha strike and you miss it, game over. Like, it's almost over right then for a lot of teams that are built like that. Like, if you run that Black Adam and you double power action right up there to smack somebody and you miss that swing, over. they're just going to murder you next turn. And a lot of times that costs you the game. So you have to build a lot of prob, a lot of perp, try to reduce the luck in the rolls. One, by synergy, they don't even have to be pieces that specifically... Um, like <clears throat> like I play um, Dark Knight Rises, um, Gordon and the Marquis Batman, who specifically say, Batman specifically says, when you play Lieutenant Gordon, he gets this, this, and you get this, this. It doesn't even have to be as specific as that. It can just be a just a good balance of um, my primary guy can't mo- doesn't have move and attack, but he can be carried, so I'm going to put a cheap taxi on there yeah. to move him around. It can be as simple as that. You need to have balance of taxi. You need to have outwit at some point. And prop control or perp, preferably prop control, and at least one guy who can do decent range and one guy who can do decent attack, one or the other. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket because if you play all ranged and they get to move in on you, yeah, especially if they get map, yeah, it's yeah, or you're playing against a stealth team and you don't have anti stealth, you're gonna be in some trouble. So you wanna you wanna have a decent mix of ranged and combat, and you wanna have at least. I would say half of your pieces have willpower or indom these days, because um, you're going to be at a big disadvantage. It that's one disadvantage that you don't really realize during the game, but towards the end of the game, you realize how many pushing clicks you had to take that they didn't oh, yeah. have to take. Yep. And um, you also need to make sure that at least one person on your team has a way to get through dampeners, either psychic blast or exploit or outwit. You need some way to get through dampeners because. Like, I know personally, if I'm, especially in a sealed environment, if I am go up and I have three pieces that have invul, I'm going, I'm going to take out the one guy they have that has outwit every time, just at the start. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bust that outwit guy off of it, and then now they have to deal with that, and it's pretty much a game changer. I, I was going to say, I've won so many matches over that, where, like, my primary targets are the characters that have their exploit, that have the three attacks. I talked about it at Gen Con last week in that Street Fighter tournament. I had a character with Invol picked off all his characters that had three or had any kind of exploit, and it would it was game over pretty much for him. All he could do is run from me because he can't hurt me unless he rolls crits, and so the game's in my in my court right then. And you need to have, preferably have your primary or secondary attacker needs to have some form of move and attack. Um, I'd warrant to say almost any piece nowadays. The, yeah, the these days they does. throw out running shot and charge like candy, and they yeah. throw out end on like candy. So it's not as hard to do these days as yeah. it used to be. Um, Especially with the Book of the Skull. <laughs> a good yeah. example of this, uh, what I mean by a, a balanced, synergetic team, is, again, the Morgan Le Fay and the Wasp and the Scarlet Witch team, where Wasp can be carried by Morgan Le Fay without taking any negatives. Morgan has the special trait that gives a plus two perplex on either Wasp or Scarlet Witch, whoever needs it. So she could turn anyone into a secondary and, character. And then... Um, uh, Morgan is a wild card, and you're getting the Mystics from Scarlet Witch. Like it's just a good synergetic team. That's what you need. Personally, I would say if you're a new player, I would start by going with the balanced formula. Um, I feel like too many new people that we've had specifically at the dugout, tentpole, especially Aaron, like your brother Aaron, like he always wants to play tent poles. He always wants to play a Hulk and like one support piece, and then he gets stomped, and he's like, I hate this game. Like. 
then with the times that he has me build him a team and I build him a balanced team and he kills everybody, yeah. like this is why you you need actions. You're getting out action too fast. Yeah, you can't. You, you can't need really synergy. Go, you can't throw all three hundred of yours in a freaking world breaker in like a small perplex piece. You, that's not enough to carry a team. Um, like I said, the state of the meta today, I feel like it's going more towards the focused approach of the the primary piece around 150, say Ghost Rider, and then the support pieces that are making your strength the best that it can possibly be, um, and getting that, and that's largely due to Alpha Strike being so prevalent yeah, right now. It's your support pieces are also trying to slow down your opponent's Alpha Strike and keep them from getting. You've the got the Heroes for Hire and the Belt that's getting you the most out of Ghost Rider, but then you have the barrier that's actually covering his weakness, which yeah. is when you're prep timing, you're susceptible yeah. twice, yeah. really, because you're gonna you got the two tokens and you're gonna have to clear unless you Heroes for Hire. But at least the <laughs> at least the Scarlet Witches are covering his weakness, you know, for a, long enough. For him to win the match, pretty much. Um, I don't like one-man armies myself. I, I like to play... These days, I don't think it's this, this hard to do this either. I like to play, like, at least one... My formula is usually... I like 1.5 pieces per 100 points of the build total. So if we're playing at 400, I like to play 6 pieces at least. Um... I would say a good rule of thumb, though, especially if you're a new player, is at least play no less than one piece per 100 points. If it's a 300-point match, play at least three characters. Because like I like we were just talking about, the more characters you have, it's just such an advantage. It's You have more clicks of life to deal with. Mm-hmm. You have more targets to, to deal with. And more importantly, in my mind, when I play, you have more... You have more pieces to to control the board. You have more distractions. Yeah. You have more angles that you're kind of setting up that the other opponent's not really thinking about. Like you just have so many options. It's easier to overwhelm your opponent too. Like just to run them. It's easy to tie up their range guy for long enough. It's easy to tie up their heavy hitter so that he doesn't hit your primary guy. He has to waste time on Toad. Or whoever. Well, that's like what I've talked about when I bring up zombies. The reason I enjoy that team so much is you have so many figures that even experienced players are like, well, what's he going to do? Okay, all of a sudden he's tying me up with this one. This one's got two exploit, and this one's got this, and he misses a shape change. It's just fun. And I like the, like, I love positioning in the game. And that's the one thing I feel like a lot of people don't really think about when they're playing is how important it is to have your pieces in specific locations, even one square off can make a world of difference. No matter what team building um, choice that you go with, you need to have a clear thought of your game plan in your head going into the turn, going into that night of playing. Like you need to know what your team strengths are and what your goal is, and then during the game change it accordingly. Goals one thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> One thing that I feel like not enough people do, and I think I mainly learned this by playing chess, is most people worry so much about what their plan is that they don't see what their opponent is wanting to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then they get hit by stuff that they could have easily seen coming. Like, if your opponent moves up his guys and he has somebody with running shot with a seven movement and pulse wave with five range... That means he's going to move four and then 
pulse wave for three. If he positions that guy up somewhere seven squares from your primary guy, guess what he's going to do next turn? He's going to come and pulse wave him. Yeah. It's easy to see these things, but yet sometimes you get so entangled. It's tunnel vision. You, yeah, you get so tunnel visioned on your focus that you don't realize, try to figure out what your opponent's doing too and how can I slow them down. It's a two-player game. While getting what I need to do. And that's the thing a lot of people lose track of is, like, as you said, you, you need to pay... I would almost give your opponent more attention sometimes because being able to respond to your opponent before they're able to move in gives you the advantage when it comes to your turn to step in and take it take the board effectively. I kind of jumped the shark a little bit. That last part I was talking about is, is going to be the just the tip today, too, is, and we talked about it a second ago, is picking your targets during a match. Taking out the pieces that are going to be to, uh, no pun intended, exploit your weakness of your team. If, like we said, if you have a lot of dampeners, take out their guys that can get through dampeners. If they have all range, then try to base them as quick as they can, as quick as you can. Whatever their weakness is, try to exploit it while still kind of maintaining somewhat of your focus for your team. Yeah. Um, like I said, try to pay attention to where they're positioning their guys and how far away and what what do you think that he his intentions are with each of his pieces. Um, another thing is you can change your target during the game on the fly. Like it's a constantly like Austin said, it's a two player game. It's a constantly evolving thing. And sometimes like a good example is our tournament that we played that we're gonna talk about here in a minute. Um, this past Saturday is I got so fixated on taking out this Superman who I thought was going to kill all my guys because he had sharpshooter psychic blast four damage with two enhancements. I know this. I, know I put this. all my eggs in the anti-Superman basket and his other little piece it, I'm, yeah. I ended up making a couple of dumb positioning things and his other pieces ended up really winning the game for me. Like, yeah. I, You need to change your tactics on the fly too. Um, another example of kind of covering weaknesses is if Three out of your four guys have Indom, and only one of his guys has Indom. Then take out that Indom guy first. Make him be at such a disadvantage on actions that he he's constantly having to push to do anything, and you don't have to worry about. It's, well, yeah, and well, pushing damage is really heavy. It's like, like it's like card advantage in Magic or any other exactly. Game. Yeah, basically you're getting more actions than he is, and you're it's going to get to the point where. If his team does not have a lot of Indom and yours does, you're at a distinct advantage throughout the entire game. You're getting two actions per one he's getting, and if he wants a second action, he has to take a damage to do it. And if he misses, it's abysmally bad for it's him terrible. if he pushes and then ends yeah. up not even getting anything even out of it. Or crit misses. Um, one big thing, especially in seals that I like to do, is taking out their move and attack first. Popping them, busting them, because most people start out with move and attack... And then they lose it after like two clicks. I like busting people off of moving, moving attack, and it just slows them down so much. Well, and it, it's like a reverse of the Indom situation. Moving attack kind of gives you two actions for one. Yeah. So like once again, like card advantage, it's a two for one. You get to move and attack in the same turn. If they don't, if they lose that, they have to spend a turn moving, then a turn attacking. If you knock out their moving attack and their Indom, you have a character who's effectively getting. Who has to take four actions to do anything solid against you? Which, and it severely weakens. Which is why outwit is so good in general. Yeah, never forget you can outwit Indom. I I never. When we first started, every now and then I'd play a team without outwit. We all would, and then we would be like, outwit is so stupid. It's and broken. it's like 
I'm like, with so much outwit on all these pieces, why would you ever build a team without at least yeah. one person without wit? It's just so there's so many options. Even it's just swing, even just swing. to negate their outwit, yeah. so that you don't have to be at a disadvantage. Um, where would you, Austin? Where would you place? Which of the schools of thought do you think you usually play? I, I swing wildly between one of two builds. I either do a kind of like the Commissioner Gordon team you talked about, where a you swarm. have one, yeah, a swarm team. You have one solid piece that supports a bunch of smaller pieces. Um, in my case, it, it's the zombie team. You throw a cipher on there. You copy a TA. You have a swarm of zombies. Um, you throw like Book of Skulls on there, and you have a force to be reckoned with. Um, the other alternative that I run is I'm big on tentpole teams. Um, I'll run like a really expensive Iron Man, a couple switches or something with him, um, and just it, it's a lot of a lot of damage downrange. Um, I'm bad about putting all my eggs in one basket in the bad way though, where like. One of my favorite pieces ever is the uh, Incredible Hulk Black Bolt. I'll focus so much on trying to get that double action pulse wave off on him, and it'll just throw the whole game away. Um, but that that's typically my, my build is more more towards tentpole, I'd almost say. That big focus on one solid figure to just carry the game and support it properly. Drew, what do you like to play most of the time? You like most of the time? Okay, well, I... You know this, and I play a lot of balanced teams. I just like building balanced teams. I don't like the classical approach. I don't like having all of my eggs in one basket. Even though I played Chaos King with the Gauntlet at Gen Con, it sounds like a one man army to me. Uh, that was a one man army. <laughs> it didn't turn out very well, though. No, it didn't. I came first place. As one man armies usually don't. See, the reason that Justice League team base is so stupid is it gets all the strengths of one man army without all the weaknesses. You can't. Exactly, it's not out action. Yeah, it doesn't get out action. You can't do anything against it, or or, or the Imperial Guard team base for that but matter yeah. too. Any team base. I I've been known to play a lot. I just build balanced teams whenever I can. Phil, what do you like to play the most? Uh, definitely, my, my biggest weakness in this game is I tend to overextend. So balanced teams, they definitely will. Uh, help me maybe make up for that mistake because I'll have that secondary attacker who might be able to pick up some of the slack after I've gotten my primary or, or damaged <laughs> or, or KO'd. But uh, honestly, like I think just balance also, because I love doing the theme or comic book theme kind of stuff, it lends itself to that a lot more too. I pretty much, I would say I play a theme team 95% of the time. <laughs> And uh, mainly for comic accuracy, but also because theme props can save your butt. They're so good. It, you don't have to deal with crit misses, which I tend to do a lot. It's just it's just a it's just a way out of bad situations sometimes. Did you have something to say? No. Oh, <laughs> I scratched my ear. Um, luckily for we've talked about this before. Luckily for us at our venues, the vast majority of our players play fun comic accurate stuff. You know what I mean? Like we don't yeah, have. Yeah. It's not a heavy meta. You know, everybody running really strong pieces all the time. We have a good, and we, we have a great group. Great prizes. You're gonna get a higher level. You're of gonna play. get yeah. Well, like we had that one guy that came out this week, the new guy, and he was like, "I saw the build and I thought it'd be a fun one because people would be playing teams that are more. Uh, you guys seem like you'd be playing more thematic teams and stuff like that as opposed to ridiculous dugout. Is that's what we're all about, pretty much. I mean, I am very strict on our build rules all, all the time, like. Like we said, I try to do resources only half of the time, and I try to do team bases and colossals and vehicles only like one out of every four weeks. So that way, people don't get tired of... We talked about this... Actually, last time Phil was here, 
we talked about you as the judge you need to control your environment by your team builds and i feel like that's why we have a friendly environment is because a i'm not even giving you the option usually and b even our guys are so casual that they don't really bring it anyways like next week we've been doing so many strict builds i said next week's 300 points anything goes but nobody's gonna bring I very much doubt anybody's going to bring Heroes for Hire or Justice League team base. just to be a douche. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll be... There might be some There'll great be some teams. There'll be some switches and stuff like that. There'll be good pieces, but it won't be the absolute top-tier stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. We don't get to play Golden Age around here a lot. Or Silver Age, I mean. So, I mean, I'm not going to play something that... Yeah. Yeah. Actually, GP and Dugout, we both do Silver Age almost... All the time. It just feels like it's just like the last three weeks since you've got your clown prince. We haven't had a chance for you to play uh, that yet. It's been longer than three weeks, <laughs> but thanks for your interpretation. Let's move into what we played since we're already kind of talking about it. <laughs> um, Wednesday we played at Phil's venue at Game Preserve in Greenwood, and the team build was Magnificent Seven, seven individual pieces that all share a named keyword no that pieces. equal one thousand points. Yep, except the difference between it and the Gen Con build. Is that at game preserve you could not use decision. you could not use team bases? I, I can't wait to hear what Austin played. Yeah. What did you play, Austin? Oh wait, never I mind. played in humans, and I slapped that black bolt on there. Um, unspoken, I ran unspoken black bolt Medusa, um, Karnak Gorgon Crystal. Chris, oh man, that crystal! That's like one of my favorite pieces. And then. Um, Dear God, I don't remember who hit the seventh person. I think that's it, isn't it? Oh, Ronan the Accuser. Oh, yeah. So, oh, man. That that crystal, like, got so much damage off. That piece, like, you see her and you see her trait and everything, you're like, oh, she's okay. Did you realize how good that quake is? Especially when she gets down dial on the special effects. She's better in big games, too. <laughs> yeah. Because the problem is people can base her and then yeah. kind of negate her stuff, but in a big game, she can sit back and she has more targets hit with the special quake. And she just, she'll just sit back there and wreak havoc, like, all game. And it's kind of cool because the way her quake works is you just pick a square within line of fire, not a person. So, actually, you could do it, um, if I see up on a rim of elevated and there's someone back one where normally I couldn't target them, right. I can quake them. Um, usually it's one penetrating is what she drops to in, like, the second few clicks, uh, which was great. Um, I went up against one team that had, like, a bunch of powerhouses. I used her to weaken them off their top clicks a bit like turn after turn, and then um, position Black Bolt for that double power action for the four damage pulse wave. It, it was just great. Like I love that team. I would highly recommend any of those pieces, Unspoken especially. I've never had a chance to play him. He's ridiculous. Awesome built that team and was kind of telling me the build, the build rules, and then you didn't have Karnak in there, and I was like, how are you playing in humans? I did, I've never seen Karnak. Without Karnak. Karnak is one of those pieces that everybody argue about all the time as, is this the most point-efficient piece in the game? And he's definitely one of them. His second click is an 11 attack 4 exploit on a 79-point figure. We talked about secondary attackers just now, and he is literally the primary example of Second, what you need in a secondary attacker, if you guys want to look them up on the unit section. Um, I played as Guardians. I played the two Colossals, the Asgardian, or the the Frost Giant and the Frost Warrior. I've had them, had them for a little bit, and I've been waiting for a time chance to play them, and this was a good chance. They're they're worth their points, but they're nothing special. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say that's they were they were just solid pieces, which is good. I didn't want them to be like broken or anything. Yeah, um, I played those two. I played thirty point Loki for the prob and the 
The uh, uh, thirty point Carrie, Loki, I would say, is ridiculous. Carry sa- or Loki saved my butt a lot with the prop, and nobody ever. I expected people to go after him. Nobody yeah, went after him. He has line of sight to the giants like all the time because they're colossal. And I played Heimdall because of his his uh, damage power that gives all as guardians within line of fire deep plus one defense yep. and like i just said those guys are colossals so he always has line of fire to them pretty much 24 7 so they had plus one defense like the whole game plus they can't charge in on me because heimdall's trade stops them and then i had tier who everybody knows my man crush on tier he's just he's so beautiful, man he was by far the all-star of my oh, game i watched one of your matches you were doing some work he is just so good and uh and then I had Thorfrog because I built my team and then I only had like 75 points left and he's like one of the few Asgardians that fits and I've never played him, never even seen him actually. And uh, Scott is a good friend of ours, let me borrow him and he is a beast. For 70, yeah. I gave him the bucket of water and he didn't do that great on my first game because I got swarmed. I played a really good team my first game. I ended up losing a close one. But on my second game, he took down that Marquee Vision, which we talked about before, doesn't die. Oh my gosh. He took down me. a Marquee Vision by himself. My lord. Which a Marquee Vision costs like 140 or something, yeah. and, and Frog costs like 70. Mm-hmm. So it, Frog, if he's in if he's in water, he all lines of fire to him are blocked, which used to, the old rules, he couldn't even be pulse-waved if he's in water, but now the way, the way they have it worded now, he can get pulse-waved. But he had to, he moved in... Um, Frogthor also has Shape Change and Impervious on a second click and Exploit Weakness. So every time I was purposely clicking him to a second click, he moved in and I exploited him for four or for three. He tried to hit me. I, I hit Shape Change, so he has two tokens. I hit him again for three, <laughs> and now he's off of his de- his defense. And this is where Thor Frog's other power kicks in. If Anyone is adjacent or occupying water terrain within like six squares of him, they take one damage at the beginning of my turn. So he was taking that because he, I'm on the water and he's next to me. Yeah. He's taking that, and um, I ended up beating, uh, killing it without even taking a single click of damage. So I was like, this guy's so nuts. He's like a hundred bucks though because he's a chase from Hammer of Thor, which is like the least printed set. It's yeah, really hard to find. Uh, but he was a blast to play, and I'd love to get my hands on one eventually, <laughs> one of these days. Um, and he did pretty actually in in me and Austin's game because Austin and I played the third. I round. focused his ass down. I wasn't going to deal with that. I knew he wasn't going <laughs> to be able to do much, and so I kind of set him out there as bait. And uh, Austin and I had a close game. It was closer than the points made it out to be my, my big mistake was not hitting that tier at least once i think that really screwed me over a lot because that 11 attack four exploit with, yeah it was it was just crazy See, austin's team like almost all of them had impervious and i only had tier basically that had exploit and one of my frost guys has exploit on the very top click and he loses it another bad thing about those frost giants is neither of them have willpower um but I think one of them starts with it on his top click, though, as a power. Uh, he defense. gets it a couple uh, yeah. a couple clicks in. The The guy with the mace does. Nice. The one with the um, spear actually turned out to be my best piece. He was really fun because he gets poison, and so I kept I kept moving him in, pushing him onto poison, and making guys. Like, I killed a Scarlet Witch with only poison without ever having to take her mystics for, with him. And his cool thing is, once he's all about to die, he gets this special spear throw thing. This is ridiculous. Where he gets <laughs> plus three, um, plus three attack and damage, 
and he gets to shoot with like 10 range at one target and the cool thing about colossals is while they're based they can still make ranged attacks against other people that aren't basing them and i think i won that's when i killed your ronin with that but it's yeah, a blast you were gonna you were gonna try to hit crystal and realized you couldn't they were a lot of fun to play um, but tier, I was trying to hide tier from Austin because I needed that exploit weakness so bad, and that exploit was the game changer. Well, see, what really screwed me was uh, when you based Crystal, that next turn I was going to drop the Quake up on that ledge and hit that tier, which would have knocked him into the wall and dealt one penetrating damage too. But, uh, gosh, that, that was a fun game, though. Like the, I don't know how I feel about the OP kit maps. I like the Canada side a lot, but... The danger rooms kind of hit or miss with me, but they're really balanced maps. I for like Wolverine them. and the X Men. Phil and I played them, and then um, we played them at GP all day, and I liked I like them. They've got a really good mix of terrain, though. They've got your blocking, your elevated, your water all that. Actually, both sides have a good mix of terrain. Yeah, um, oh, I love the Canada one especially. Did you play? What did you play? Or did you get to play Phil? I did actually. Took the first round by To fun stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I actually played an X Men team because I wanted to actually try out some of the new figs. Um, played Chaos War binary. Uh, you know, I love that binary. Yeah, uh, Feared Self Colossus and the Feared Self Wolverine. We all know about those figs. Um, but some of the stars were the new Bishop was fantastic. Uh, Forge and Shadow Cat. I played for Forge's Perplex and then Shadow Cat's Outwit, and then they both get Outwit and then Perplex again. Um, I played the. Uh, 210 Magneto, the Prime. Oh, yeah, I saw that Prime one on the He was fantastic. Um, but honestly, like that, all this being said, um, being stuck on the outside maps the whole time, the barrier for Magneto wasn't as effective yeah. against so many flying teams, and Colossus just turned around and did so much work. I almost ran that Colossus. Like, when I was building some team, when I first was going through all the team builds I wanted to do, I saw that Colossus, and I was like, man, I really want to play him, because mm-hmm. his dial is so sweet. Yeah, and the Gravity Feed Shadow Cat, and she has flight yeah. as well, so yeah. she's a really cheap taxi who lands and outwits something. I mean, really good. A, a taxi that can outwit is amazing. Uh, I, I played against Scott, which was, and, and Tony, <laughs> two of my favorite people to play against. And, They're so fun. Yeah, and it was just a blast that whole night. I ended up going one-on-one of the games that I played. I will like to say... The Phoenix Force are ridiculous at 1,000 points. <laughs> yeah, whenever they gave the build rules, and the day before that tournament, yeah. I was looking on realms at possible teams, and I and I just put one of each Phoenix Force, and I was like, this team's ridiculous. this is going to be the winner. And sure enough, that was like, what, the top three The top teams three were all Phoenix Force Or something Force like teams. that? Yeah, two. Or three two. out of the four, or something like that? Something like that, yeah. yeah. the winner was the Phoenix, yeah, because you allowed Dark Phoenix to have Phoenix Force. Yeah, we had a, we had a little house rule that day of, if you had an idea of a keyword that should be on something, Phoenix Force should be on Dark Phoenix from Marvel 10th, and we allowed it. Because I think winner, right, right, right. winner was Phoenix 5, Hope, and Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Second place was... One of each from the main yeah, set. Yeah, one of each from the main set. Which is the team I was looking at that I thought was dumb but enough. But I think they played them as X-Men instead. Oh, he did yeah. play them as and X-Men. And then uh, Jairus, I think, played only Emma and Namor in an X-Men team with Dark Phoenix. Which is still brutal. I'm yeah, it was lie. brutal. If I would have got played this week, I was going to play, like, Old Man Logan, uh, Web of Spider-Man, Nightcrawler, uh, 
Charles Xavier, Dark Phoenix. That uh, was awesome. I can't, I can't, but I saw Austin's team. I was like, okay, this bastard's going to try to break this format. I'm going to be a dick on Austin. That was the thing, though. Like, I no, you specifically said on Facebook, and I remember the quote, I'm going to break this format. Yeah, that was when I was going to play Heroes for Hire because Phil decided to make it Highlander so I couldn't play Stark Industries. Well, you yes. deserve that. <laughs> People love trying to break my rules. That's all I have to say. <laughs> the next top two teams were me and Tony who both had as guardians. There's a lot of Asgardian teams, oh, actually. Yeah. Tony's team was Tony, had, Tony and I had like different... like. Pieces that most people weren't running, and then the other ones were like all fear itself stuff. But yeah. Tony's had a lot of old Tony's stuff. Tony's team had a lot of figures I've literally never seen play. What did he play? That Avengers movie Heimdall played... is really good. We used him in Civil yep. War. I yeah, think. he the used uh, the Destroyer, the old Enchantress. Yes. Um, that blue dude. Uh, man, what's his that name? blue dude. Yeah, what's his name? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Blue guy. Oh, he, well, he, Tony knows who I'm talking about. He he was awesome. Let me see. <laughs> That blue guy. Just search for blue guy. Taking point with um. Um, was it Lawfrey from the movie? It might be Lawfrey. Lawfrey. Um, didn't did he also have Thor and Hercules? I thought. I know. I didn't see Thor. Somebody had one because I remember seeing it. I love that piece, by the way. Yeah, that was um, right now. (laughs) And somebody had Avengers Prime on their Asgardian team, which I forgot he has Asgardian. Asgardian. You actually got uh, that uh, Avengers Prime got. I think two shotted by the new Thor. Yeah. Movie, so oh. I was like, well, I think yeah, he went and freaking busted it. Well, that's like we've talked about the Avengers Prime before. If your opponent has a way to take him down and like the counters to him, Avengers Prime's going to die really quickly. But if your opponent doesn't have a way to handle him, it's just murder. There's a lot of like. I've been looking through the Hammer of Thor. You have the Asgardian Warrior in there as well. Oh, uh, those guys are sick. They're yeah. one of the best uh, minion pieces there are. But I was looking through a lot of the Hammer of Thor pieces here recently because I just made a trade for a bunch of them, and they hold up so well overall as a set. There's so many great pieces. I love in Garskicked. But um, so, like we said, there were a lot of Asgardian teams, and there was a lot of Phoenix Five teams. But it was a fun, fun day after all, overall. Um, sucks that I, me and Austin had to play each other last round, but you know I had to give him that last that loss. Couldn't let him go three and zero. We both back down to earth. We both went two and one. Each other at, at my shop. Out of twenty four players, twenty four players play every week. We both went two and one. We had a lot of fun. Now this Saturday, or I guess yesterday, we played the teams that you guys picked for the best build design contest. Um, I have the teams listed here, and I'll also try to find the names for each of these people that submitted them. Um, the format was Popper Modern, which means you can only use commons from main sets and side sets. Um, you can't use anything from a starter set or like a tab app or anything where you know what the pieces are, just common, common rarity figures. And we ended up having a lot of actually really good teams show up at that yeah, tournament. Harry's especially. Um, Harry and Corey both had ridiculously good teams, and they ended up being first and yeah, second. Corey was laughing to talk to me because he goes, "It was kind of funny because the one time I thought I was building a fun team, I ended up building a really good one by accident." <laughs> <laughs> he said he's done building fun teams after the last Jeez. Wednesday. We, um, Austin, which team did you play? You played. I played the Justice League. It one. was this one right here, actually. Yep. From Poople. Uh, surfer who also submitted a, a dial design contest piece. Um, talk about the team real quick. Um, it was a D10 Batman and Wonder Woman, the JL52 Green Arrow, the JL52 Mara, 
and the Teen Titans Aquaman all was Silver Age. Um, it was a fun, like it was a really well balanced team. Um, my first round, I made really bad misplays, and it, it cost me the game uh, with zero points, sadly. But uh, the Batman's great. He's got a eight leap climb outwit on his top dial and willpower. Twelve attack with the cap. Yeah, plus so you, the ATA gives him a thirteen. Yeah. So you put him in a good position to outwit somebody first turn if you want to use him in that way, and then when they're not expecting, all of a sudden it's a he's got like a six range or something crazy yeah, in cap. That's my favorite Batman. And then uh, that Wonder Woman was a great taxi to start it out, followed up by a secondary attacker because she's got a uh, ten movement with charge, um, super strength, imperv, and like four damage or three damage on her top dial. So I would pick up that green, which that green arrow. I, I can't like talk how good that green arrow is enough. He's pretty good. I did hit you for what, like twenty four with that one. Yeah, time uh, let's not him. talk about that. <laughs> um, so I would pick up that green arrow, move into position with that Wonder Woman, and carry him up, and then just start plinking arrows from elevated. Um, Mara has TK as well. Yeah, Mara's got TK, and that's where I didn't think about the fact like I had misread her to a point. I thought her TK was only while she was in water, and. When I learned it my second game, like I started using the crap out of it. So what I started doing was Wonder Woman would carry a Green Arrow into position, and then either I would TK Green Arrow up, or I would TK Wonder Woman up and smack and tie up their pieces while Green Arrow is just plinking arrows from Elevated. Um, and then finally that Aquaman. That Aquaman, at first glance, played him at 80 points, which is half dial. He's not amazing um, on his top click. He's like a 10 attack, 3 damage. Um, he's got like a special toughness or something like that at like 17 defense. And moving attack. Yeah, he's got moving attack at 8 range. His special toughness is that um, if you clear him after having 2 tokens, you get to heal him 1, I think. Yes, and, but he doesn't have endom, so like you're effectively, it's like... So you kind of get, you kind you push him and then later you're going to get to heal 1 back eventually. Yeah. Did you take the map advice? Um, I ended up going with... We were playing on the OP kit map, so we ended up playing... Which I, has a decent amount of water. Yeah, the, yeah, the Canada I ended up side. playing the Canadian Wilderness every time, so it had a, had a good amount of water. I didn't get to take advantage of Mara's stuff, though. Um, I think my opponent saw Aquaman and Mara and avoided water like it was the plague without knowing what my team did. Um, I ran... I, I got some night... My favorite thing to do with that Aquaman, though, was to move an attack and punch someone... And take the negative two, but I need an eight to hit. And like every time I did it, I'd hit for eight, or I I hit the eight and freaking smack. But it was no one ever expected him to do that. Like even if I missed, it's an eight range. I moved up, I tied up something with him while Green Arrow was plinking up there. Um, it was it was a really fun team, and I had some good matches. And I ended up going a two one, and me and well. It was one of the better teams that we got submitted to us, and the one that I thought was the best was the one that Drew played. Yeah. Talk about your team, Drew. Uh, I don't know whose it was. It was Battering96, who also uh, submits things to our dial design contests. Ah, well, uh, it was basically two Bruce Waynes from uh, Batman. The Gravity Feed Gra- Batman. Yeah, Gravity Feed Batman. The guy who can use TK. And Perplex. And he's so sick, nasty, and suave. He For just, 50 points, man. He's, he's one of the best TK pieces I think I've ever seen. Just... We saw him a lot on the Golden Age teams at Worlds. Well, he's definitely... Yeah, because for modern, TK's not as cheap as it used to be. Remember that Jean Grey that I play all the time that's oh, yeah. 27 points with TK? Yeah. Like, TK used to be thrown out all the time, and now you have to pay a premium. But at least for the 50 points, he get TK and Perplex. He's mm-hmm. really good. And then uh, possibly the 
best Superman of all time. Superman uh, won from the Superman set. <laughs> but at 150. But at 150, which is probably... Still a damn good dial. For so you had two of each. So yeah. you, you had two TKers and perps short. and two hypersonic ink Supermans. It is the dumbest team I think I possibly could have played. It's basically my first game. I sat there. I stood up. I went second, which was bad for my opponent. He moved up. I TK'd a Superman in. Hit him for seven. His green arrow died. <laughs> That's the one thing I hate about playing that green arrow. Is it was the it, first target. He starts on willpower, and yeah. he screwed. He's only like a 17 defense willpower like, on his top clip. It's, it's unfortunate. But... And then I just picked off the rest of his team one by one. He, he had a good team. It was just yeah, I I, my team was retarded. That was the guy who went against second. Like yeah. it was, he had a pretty balanced team, kind of like mine. That blue beetle he was playing, the one from DC Tenth with Mystics. I didn't even think about him because he's a common. He's, he's yeah, really he's good. solid. I smacked. Uh, yeah. I sm- the weird thing about him in that set is that he's the promoting, the one that gets yeah. promoted into, but he's actually the common, and Ted is the uncommon. I know. Um, he uh, the thing I like is his trait where if he gets hit for three or more, he gets a token instead once per turn or whatever. Um, I freaking busted him and I was like, yeah, I carried an object over and smacked him. Forgot about that trait and I was like, no. Yeah, unfortunately for him, when I hit him, uh, he had already he already had two tokens. tokens. Mm. He had pushed him, so yeah. Um, second round, I played against Harry. Um, who had this really, 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 really like? It he was, had the piece that I thought everybody would end he, up running. Doctor Strange. Sadly, uh, or well, I guess happily, only he ran it. But it's the the gravity feed Strange that gives everybody yeah, energy, energy shield. shield. Yeah, he, he he ran a what was it a defend ball super senses team? It yep. was so good. And he had um, <laughs> well, the thing was he had Dove who is an eighteen defend. Yeah, eight. and then he has Doctor Strange. So from range, they're all twenties. Yeah. And then um, I think it was a mystical theme. He too. had two jinxes. Yeah, mystical theme. Too. He had um, the Iron Fist from Fear itself, and he had I love um, that Iron Fist. Uh, I can't remember who else. Oh, Wonder Girl. Yeah. So the thing was, his team was susceptible to energy explosion, of course. But with a but twenty, with a 20 defense and a lot of super senses, he. Yeah. I, I think he may have gotten hit in that last game because Corey had a green arrow I think didn't he yeah I think I think he got I think he took a decent chunk of damage from a introduce explosion but anyways he's a good team yeah he won the map roll so it was on that <laughs> Iron Man map the one with the wall right the it's like a fact it's like a, a, a shanty town yeah place it's it's supposed to be the town he goes to and meets that oh, kid yeah. in Iron Man 3 I guess I don't I don't know, but the map <laughs> sucked, and like his team, I could only go in and hit Jinx. Was basically he set it up perfectly. He played it perfectly. He deserved the win, so he got it. Third game was against Scott. That went pretty badly for Scott. <laughs> uh, he, I went up, hit his Batman. His Batman died. <laughs> then his Superman got in on one of my. He killed one of my Supermans. So props to Scott for killing my Supermans. His team did a lot of damage. I had tons of issues with it. I got he he, he gave those, me my loss. Those Dark Knight Rises assassins I love so much. They have oh enhance, God. and his Superman yeah. has sharpshooter with psychic blast. Mm-hmm. He yeah. hit my Superman for like. So he's hitting for six, six penetrating. Yeah. yeah, he's like take six penetrating. I'm like, oh. Uh, you have the fast force Superman. 
No, it, it was the main set Man of Steel number one, um, and he was playing it at full points, and he had those two two assassins that have enhanced, and then he had the Dark Knight Rises Batman that has um, sonar outwit, so as long as you're within six squares, she doesn't oh, need geez. line of fire, he just outwits it. That's amazing. And, um, and uh, it was a really balanced, it was a really good team. It was team. a good team, but unfortunately for him, I could TK across the map and hypersonic in and then hit him for seven. <laughs> but... You know, good matches. Um, my team, I picked Dr. Banner's team, which was the common Red She-Hulk from Fear Itself, the common leader, well, I guess they're all commons, the leader <laughs> the leader that works really well with the humanoids, and then four of the humanoids, excuse me, Our all with the Intelligentsia ATA. The team was mildly annoying. It was a blast to play, I gotta say, even though I got absolutely destroyed. I went one and two for, I think, the first time in my life. I don't think I've ever went one and two. And, um, <laughs> I got killed, but I had a blast playing it. Um, what's cool about the team is their synergy. The humanoids, if they're within eight squares of the leader, they get shape change and willpower. And when they die, no matter how far away they are from him he rolls a d6 and if he gets a five or six you get the humanoid back in your starting area on click two which they only have four clicks yeah but but they do get poison on their last two so i was taking advantage of that i was making people punch them onto poison knowing and put and basing the guys who would who didn't have dampeners so that i wanted them to punch me on poison and it did work out me and scott had a really close game but one one thing that was a problem i took out that batman first because he had outwit and the Intelligentsia ATA is if you're not currently being perplexed or outwitted, everyone on your team gets plus two range. And that gives the leader like a ten range or something. And that counts for his outwit too. Because mm-hmm. so, leader has outwit. So I was TKing up the Red She-Hulk, hitting somebody for seven, or you know however much. I ended up hitting his, his uh, Batman onto his last click. And then Superman, with those two enhances and Sharpshooter and Psychic Blast, like almost one-shotter. So there was a funny moment that happened where I took two humanoids and I based that Superman to distract him while the leader, so that the leader could outwit his defense and then finally actually hit him because he had imperv. And he targeted both of them with sharpshooter, had the two enhances from the shadow assassins, and then he rolled a crit. So he's already doing six with the enhances, and then a crit since he targeted two people that each take an additional one. So he one shot at each of them. In one in one swing, he one shotted both of my humanoids, Man. and um, we had a fun match. Though it, it was closer than it, it ended up being. I think he just had Superman left, and like one of the assassins on his last click left at the end of the match. And then last round, I played Austin, and I, as soon as I saw a team, I was like, I don't stand a chance against this team. I did finally get to regrow. I did get one of my humanoids back, yeah. which was fun. And it, it almost killed my Green Arrow. So yeah, I was poisoning life. the crap out of Green Arrow. But that was fun though because like that was when I had learned that Merritt did have TK. So what I did was I carried I carried Green Arrow up. I carried Green Arrow up and then I TK'd him across the cliff to another position. Drew line of fire and popped one of the humanoids in energy explosion. What really killed us was like you said you were trying to hit high rolls with Aquaman and I did. And you did and I busted leader. He hit leader and leader goes down fast and he hit him for like four I think because you might have an object. No, I think it was probably only three. Uh, but um, he needed like an eight, and I themed him probably twice, and he just kept hitting oh my it. God. And it was I, was, I was like, well, game's over. 
it was a blast to play, but I did not do very good. So Austin and Drew both went two and one, but not only did they both go two and one, they both had exactly seven ninety nine points, exactly. which has never happened. So I had them roll two d six. What did you roll, Drew? Austin rolled a ten. I rolled a twelve, and Drew rolled a twelve. So the winner is Drew's team, which is Battering ninety six. So I'll send you a PM, and we'll figure out I'm what. Kind sorry, of, Surfer, I tried. <laughs> we'll find out what kind of tokens you want. Um, and then next week I'll have a new best build assignment for you guys for September. But that was a blast. I liked playing teams that other people made. Yeah, I had been wanting to play those humanoids for a long time. Now I bought like five of them when I first got them because I was like, sometime I'm going to play a swarm team with this guy. I feel guys. like the humanoid team, like at a larger point setup, you could build a really fun, really crazy team with them. Run like Cipher from GSX on there or something to give them all like Mystics from an opponent. Oh my god! Oh man, you could Cipher. I, dude, I'm gay for Cypher. That figure's so good. And that jumpsuit, buddy? I mean, come on. The old classic New Mutants jumpsuit? New House Rule. New House Rule, no Cypher. <laughs> no one in jumpsuits. No one in jumpsuits. No, no whatever Austin wants to play. Yeah. Uh, let's just ban Austin. <laughs> we had a ton of submissions for the best yes. build. I, I want to say, like, at least 25, counting all the ones from Realms, from our email, from Twitter, Reddit, Reddit um... So, it was awesome to hear a lot from you guys, and I have had so many submissions on the Dial Design Contest. It's oh, been man, it's crazy. Been crazy. It, one reason, I think, is because everybody was excited to do lanterns, because everybody loves lanterns. And the fact that once they announced yeah. it wasn't a lantern event next, everyone's like, no! Yeah, that's Except true. Except Phil, because Phil doesn't matter. I like Green Lantern. Phil wanted a What's, Superman event, and you like the War, I didn't like the War of Light stuff, I'm sorry. So... We don't like you, Phil. <laughs> Orange! What? What? Come on, now. Um, <laughs> Come on, now. Hey, he highlandered me. We... You deserved it. I have the scores from the dial design contest. Like I said, I have a ton of submissions, like 20 at least. So I'm not going to go through one each individually. I will just say there were tons of them. I wanted to give, like, five of them 10s. Like, there were so many good ones. And not only that, there weren't very many duplicates. I didn't I, even see the weaponer. I, he did, I, just, I just got it last night, and the one this morning was the last one I'm going to give. Um, so I had tons of submissions, There's lots of awesome ones. I'm going to give out one ten, and then a, a whole lot of nines and eights. So I'm just going to read the number ten, which was actually battering ninety six. Isn't that who just won? The, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you get. I gave you a 10. <laughs> He's in good standing for the other contest now. I gave him a 10. You do not know him. For his, uh, no, we don't know him in person. Um, he submitted a slush, which is a Sinestro core lantern, which actually, he hasn't been in anything for a long time. But he has plasticity and poison, and just his dial is just so, it feels just like slush, which if you don't know who slush is, he was in the, um, when Jeff Johns first rebooted Green Lantern back in like 06, 07, he did a bunch of Sinestro core stuff right after the Sinestro War. And Slush is like this giant gelatinous blob who like can consume mm-hmm. people. And he made a really good dial of giving him shape change, giant reach, plasticity and poison, and then a special... Um, oh, he gets close, capture too. Yeah, and capture later down the dial. Um, and then he gets close combat expert, and when he does, it's penetrating. I just... It's nothing like super crazy special. I just felt like it was the most perfectly accurate. Like if I made a slush dial, this is exactly what I would make for him. Um, but like I said, there were literally like three other ones that I, along with this slush one, that I was like, man, I don't know who to give a 10. It was so close. So I'm, I'll have the scores up there probably tomorrow at the latest. 
and um, I'm basically the lowest score I think I'm given is like an eight. Um, tons of good submissions, and Austin is now going to give your assignment for week number two, which I will post up probably today, and you guys can start submitting, and you will have until Saturday morning, or we'll say Friday night, September the 6th, to get these submissions in. All right, what's the assignment? I want mercenaries. I want characters who are known for being soldiers of fortune and being hired to do stuff, but I don't want your Slade and Wade Wilsons. So don't give me Deathstroke and don't give me Deadpool. But give me characters with fun, explosive, gun-toting action movie-style powers. I want... Didn't you uh, say you want mercs and or assassins? Merc, mercs and assassins. Um, okay. any, yeah. So there's I, a lot of options with League of Assassins. Yeah, there's a ton with League of Assassins. I don't want characters that are like, oh, like Wolverine got paid once to do something. I want like characters who are known for being assassins or mercs. I want to see a solo. Yeah. No, um, I want to see... Like a Bronze Tiger or... Yeah. Um, ah, what's her name that just got put out in SOG? Lady Shiva. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, pieces like that. Um, She's really good. But I, I also want to see, like... I want to see fun... Like, have fun with this one, guys. I want to see, like, explosions. Hitman. Yeah. Some, some good running shot stuff. I'm sure I'll see a ton of dead shots or something in there. Um, yeah, sure. So, any... Assassin or mercenary besides Deadpool and Deathstroke, because those are too easy. I will accept the Deathstroke family if you can do something cool with them. So Ravager, Ravager, any Jericho's Ravagers. not an assassin, so you can't do him. But you could do Rose or Ravager. Um, cool. So I'll have that up tonight. Um, our community question last week was, "What is your favorite DC set?" And surprisingly, it was Drew's favorite. Arkham Asylum got the most votes. Nice. Told you um, it was the best. Superman was a very close second. And really? Yeah, Superman surprisingly got like, a ton of votes, too. people whine, like, they whine about Superman. Like, they say that the Superman-Hulk era was, like, one of the, like, dips for here. I things. think people look back on that negatively because of the whole Battle Royale fiasco yeah. that year, too. I thought it was a good set. I mean, it wasn't amazing, but I thought it was a pretty solid set. For one, the pieces are still extremely playable. Oh, yeah. I like, play a ton of pieces. There's tons of Super good Ryan. pieces in that set. Uh, Teen Titans got a lot of votes, and we got votes for um, none for Dark Knight Rises. Really? One for Justice League 52. They might not have thought about it as a yeah, set. Yeah, that's true. Legacy, actually. Even a set as old as Legacy got one, and then a couple people said uh, Batman. But Any hypertime? No, no hyper times. Um, so we got about twenty-five-ish votes on that too. Um, the community question this week will be: What is your favorite generic keyword theme team? So you got robot. tons. I don't even know what mine would be. I mean, yours is probably robot. Robot is straightforward. Yeah. What's uh, your favorite generic team, Phil? Oof. That's rough, man. Just say mystical and take a cop out. No, I mean I, I like mystical, but I like mystical, but. I mean, I think I think actually robot. No, scientist. What am I talking about? Yes, yeah, scientist is my favorite. I was gonna say scientist is a close second. Scientist Overall, mystical and scientist are probably the better ones. I'm gonna say animal. Well, well, now that robots got an ATA, I'm excited to see what runs with that too. Drew likes animals. I like animals too. Um, I also like monsters because I love Mole Man so much. Yeah, but monsters are great. I realized remembering <laughs> that police police is actually a generic theme team. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with celebrity pilot. I'm going to go with police because it's actually generic. Big Bertha has pilot. Do you know how funny that is to me? <laughs> um, so we'll post that question up on Twitter and Facebook. Um, we will link the dial design contest and the best build contest in the podcast description. 
And like I said, next week I'll have you a new contest for a best build. Uh, we had a question, just one uh, question that was emailed to us this week from Spiderham. Um, he said he enjoyed the episode about improving your community for existing judges, which was last time Hi, Phil was Phil. on. Hello. But he wants to know our opinion on advice for someone who is about to become a judge and what they can expect. This is a big question. <laughs> I, I'm going to hit the main points, and then we'll have Phil chime in too. Number one is it's time-consuming. You need time during the week to prepare things for your venue, like putting up events. Um, I run. I like have calendars where I plan things out You know, a couple months ahead of time. You're going to need time for that. You're going to need time to look on the rules forums and look up, you know, all these crazy... This is such a crazy convoluted game. You find out new rules all the time. Like, I just found out one last week that we've called wrong a lot and actually was called wrong at Gen Con. Not surprisingly. Um, called wrong at Gen Con during a Lord of the Rings match on me, um, too. Because... I tried to do it, and then the guy was like, I don't think you can do that. And I was like, I think you can. And he's like, we well, don't call a judge? And the judge was like, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, but now had... we found out that you can't do that. Yeah, there's been a lot of people have been arguing. Whether you have sharpshooter or not. Because I think the judge might have got confused because I had a sharpshooter, but That's true. whatever. Um, so you, you you do always find out. I mean, this is so such a multifaceted game. There's so many rules. Like, There's always going to be little things. But I just mean you need to be very familiar with your PAC. And very familiar with your rule book and know how to find answers quick. And carry them on you. Well, yeah, that's a given. I mean, like... That's an easy given, but you need to spend time... You're going to need time to spend on rules forums. Basically, you're going to need a lot of time to dedicate to this outside of the actual events. You know what I mean? During the week, if you're playing on the weekends or vice versa. Um, So, number one, it's time-consuming. Number two... Or another thing, time-consuming, putting in the freaking um, event system stuff, like scores for each round and matchups, and so that everybody can keep track of all their stuff if they use the event system. Like you have to go in there and put up every single matchup and the scores on everything, and then make sure it's all final. And sometimes that event system screws up, doesn't work properly half the time. But they're working on it; they're making it better. You can also do it by paper. And then enter after the tournament. Right, that's the best. That's the way to do it. I, I don't suggest doing it as it happens. Yeah. I suggest doing it by paper. Um, like I said, you you need to be almost an expert on the rules, uh, not just basic interactions like can I flurry blades, like silly stuff like that, but like even some of the more complex stuff, like the one we were just talking about that came up. Like if Blue Beat already has two tokens, can he use a scarab ability? Like. Individual things like that that happen a lot of times. Be ready to the double power action versus hell on Wednesday. Right. Um, you need to be very good about being on time um, and, and coming early to events. I know sometimes we rush on Saturday. Like every now and then I get there like right at three. But I wish lately we've been able to get there a little earlier because now you've been Drew's been driving. But um, you need to try to get to your venues early. And uh, try to get things set up so that you can actually start on time. Well, it's also good because, like, there's been a few times now we've gotten there a little early, and we'll have people who are building their teams right before the thing starts, and they're asking questions about the build beforehand. Yeah. Um, so those are my those are my main things. You need you need a lot of, of free time during the week that you can commit to planning and organizing and learning. You need to be a very dependable and reliable person, and you need to be almost a rules expert. If you're not those three things 
then I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a tough road, but eventually you could get there. What do you think, Phil? Well, I think everything you said absolutely true. Um, I will, if I can see your list real quick. Sure. Where's that here? Where were you here? Oh, his question? Yeah. Um, just wants to know oh, I advice for someone about to become a judge and what to expect. Okay. What can he expect to become expect a judge? Well, I can honestly say uh, I receive questions via personal message or text, I'd say 16 to 18 hours a day. And I'm not joking. We have about 30 people who are always talking to me, um, even if it's just casually. They just want to know what's going on, what the rules are, what to expect. So to save a lot of hassle, a really detailed description of your event uh, when you guys post your events, that's going to help a lot. The more things you can guide in your just direction, um, you take it out of the player's hands. And if you you know if you want to go with you know a little more freedom for the players, and that's perfectly fine as well. I was going to say, don't forget to put Silver Age or Modern on the post, Phil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely that too. Um, which I don't mind Silver Age, so that's awesome. Um, yeah, definitely be there early. I, I usually show up about an hour early. Um, my job allows me to do that kind of stuff, so it's really nice. And then the rules expert thing, because I, like I said last time I was here, I'm still fairly new to the game. Um, I bought a, a rule book from Ben Chung that had a lot of great advice in there. Um, I've been reading that from um, cover to back. And um, having somebody kind of as your rule wingman helps. You're going to get players that will know more than you and some that think they know more than you. And a it's lot a, that think they know it's, more than it's, you. It's, it's completely okay. It, as a community, figure out the answers, um, but be confident in making a ruling. That's something that Hunter taught me. And then if it is a mistake, you know, acknowledge it later with your community and definitely create a Facebook group so you have an easy way to communicate with everybody. If you have quick access to one another, your community is going to grow. It's going to be stronger, tighter. It, that's just a fact. Let's move into the comic section. Today we're going to be talking about... Phil's all excited for this one. X-Men, because, you know, of course... Wolverine X-Men set, everybody's, even with all the problems in everybody's boosters, everybody's loving these pieces. It's such, there's so many excellent, like, solid playable pieces, period. They look awesome, too. They look all, the sculpts are great, there's lots of switch clicks. It's been, I've, I've been having a blast with it so far. i these team bases like, damn. <laughs> um, there are a ton of X-Men books right now, like, as per usual. Um, so, basically, I'll name off one, and... If you've read any of it, kind of chime in with the brief how you think, you know, your opinions of it. If you don't, if you haven't read it, because I don't expect everybody to read all ten of these, then... Well, I was going to say, and I, I do want to discuss after we're done on each of the books, I want to talk about the whole, um, the merger of the X-Men and Avengers universe that they've been pushing into lately. What do you mean, the merge of the... Like, if you, like, beforehand, like... People used to say, like, X-Men and Avengers were kind of like their own separate worlds. Like, they inter- they intertwined every now and then a little bit. Drew, I'm going to... Just get to it. Just <laughs> tell them what happened. What? Are you talking about the e- end of Uncanny no. Avengers? No. Because it was amazing. I haven't read it yet. I haven't read it yet either. Oh, oh my goodness. No, I was... Um, <laughs> I have it on my Kindle, but I haven't read it yet. Like all it the definitely old, merges the two universes. All the old comics I read, it's like... It, it seems like X-Men happens in its own world almost compared to the rest of the superhero comics. And then, like... Recently, like especially since AVX, it seems like they're trying harder to make everything happen all at once. Like when you're reading, like even the end of like Fantastic Four and FF, like the world's at threat and all this stuff, you don't really see that many X Men there. 
you're like, oh, well, if the whole world's under threat, why aren't they there? I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah. And, well, that's also the because of the whole people's discrimination towards mutants yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the main thing. And it's even worse now. After Avengers versus X-Men, it's even worse almost oh, yeah. because of the whole, you know, them causing all the drama. Um, first book I want to talk about, Uncanny X-Force. So good. Haven't read it. I... It's not near as good as Remender's run. That's true. But it's still entertaining to me, mainly because Phantom X and Psylocke are still in it. That's my main ones I care about. Puck's been in it. Puck's freaking awesome. Yeah, Puck's um, a beast. And Bishop was interesting. And Bishop is in it, and he'll probably... The Reavers, mainly, are the reason that he's in it. And I think him and and Storm and Puck, they're, they're probably about to have their own kind of arc. Like They just summed up the whole Betsy and Phantom X arc. And now they're going to move back into the Reavers storyline, which I'm interested to see because I haven't read a whole lot of Reavers stuff myself before, so and, or a whole lot of Bishop period. So I'm interested in seeing how that Bishop. goes. Now I actually want to read this. So book. the Rick Remender run is by far like better, but these are the same characters with a couple of extras like Puck and Bishop in there, and uh, it's worth reading if you like X Force. I, I notice Remender's name shows up a lot on our podcast, like for well, he's like, big right now. I mean, he he kind of exploded recently. I mean, the first really good book, <laughs> 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 the first the first book that he really wrote that caught everybody's attention, especially mine personally, was uh, Wolverine Weapon X. That was such a great series, and ever since then, it's like Marvel keeps giving him more and more stuff, and he just keeps kicking ass with it. And now he's writing the event books and. And is kind of getting his name thrown out there, so that's he's, good for he's him. He's definitely the Kirkman of this decade. Right he, now. He's doing really well. Um, is anybody reading X Men Legacy, which I've talked about before? This is the book with Legion. I think you're the only one. Nobody's reading it. I'm not a big Kid and Play fan, so he, yeah. does, he does look like Kid and Play. <laughs> so, like I've said before, it starts off really interesting. He's a very interesting character. Period. Just his whole power set and his whole backstory with being son of Xavier and all his crazy, like, Omega level. He is a, one of the Omega level mutants. One of the handful. But he's like a broken, fractured Omega level. Like, uh, if once he gets his shit together, he'll be the most powerful being in the, on, in the yeah, universe. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying, like, he doesn't have a full handle on everything that right. goes on with him. Now, I'm confused. I thought, back in the X... When I read X-Men, like, exclusively, um, I thought alpha levels were, like... The, like the Cyclopses and the Gene Graves, they were like considered alpha level. Did that change? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Omega, omega level, there's like a bunch of different like conditions for mm-hmm. what's considered Omega level. But they're basically, they're mutants that have the capability to completely alter reality. They're basically time. the most powerful, yeah. potentially. Like Rachel is, Rachel Summers is one. And, um... Okay, so people who can just... They, yeah. They, yeah, almost, yeah. Gotcha. Like that powerful. They, they're Legion, Legion is one. Actually, we can look Legion it up while we're talking. <laughs> no, no, I'm just yeah. curious because <laughs> I'm just now getting back. The Now series has been great. And just real fast to go back on Rick Remender, Remender while you're talking or looking that up. Um, Fear Agent. If you guys have never read that book, I uh, believe Moore does the artwork for it. He what? did the early uh, Walking Dead stuff. Huh? Is it under Image? Uh, Fear Agent. Or Fear Agent? No, it's. Um, it might be Image, actually. Icon. Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Yeah, but Dark Horse and and Image. So, um, fantastic. Tony Moore, Rick Remender. Yeah, I thought Gene was too. Gene is. Yeah, Gene is. Gene, Vulcan, of course. Vulcan is a freaking beast, even though he's an asshole. Ridiculous. Um, Franklin Richards, of course, my personal favorite because he's awesome. Why do we not have a Franklin Richards click yet? We do. 
Another. It's called Onslaught. Um, <laughs> and Elixir, which a lot of people don't know Elixir. I've read he's in um, the X Force run with um, X23 and Wolf's Bane and Warpath. But Elixir is really cool, but they don't show a lot of them. But Elixir, Jean Grey, Rachel, Vulcan, Iceman, and we were just talking. Just yeah, we were, talking about, we were just talking about how strong Iceman really is, and even though everybody like hates on him because he's a kind of a clown, and uh, Legion and Franklin. Franklin is right now, honestly. Franklin is the most powerful being in the universe. As if you read Fantastic Four, and you know his potential just beyond ridiculous. And Valeria too, well, his, but Franklin his especially beyond time reality. Yeah, he, he is just Galactus insanely is powerful. So, um, X Men Legacy. Anyways, we got off on a tangent, but X Men Leg- Legacy is about Legion, and it starts off very interesting, but slowly and surely, it's just been going downhill. The art is craptacular right now. I'm not even sure who's doing it, but it's garbage. And it like like I, I feel like I say this every other week. Every other week, I feel like I say if Legion if Legion or X Men Legacy is not good, I'm dropping it. And I'm always at that point, and it's like slowly dragging me along. Mainly because they threw Psylocke in there last week. That I was like, okay, Psylocke's in there. I'll read. But if it's crappy this week, then I'm You're dropping drop it. it. Okay. Until next, next week. week. Yeah, yeah, until next week. Psylocke's <laughs> um, back. And we have the main X, the book just just called X Men, and that's the one where it's only the girls. And yeah. Wolver- Wolverine's in it now too. Um, it starts, the girls. yeah. The girls, just the <laughs> it starts off mainly based around Jubilee and her having this kid all of a sudden, and you don't really know like where it came from. Is it her kid? What the heck's going on? And they're trying to help her figure it out, and there there turns out to be a, a, a whole backstory behind that. And um, I like it so far. Is I, it her kid? It's not her kid. Spoilers. Well, Cub stuff. I yeah. like it. Spoilers. It's not her kid. Well, she's basically adopted. Well, like they say, this, oh, like okay. in the first episode, though, like she mentions it being like a loner child. Yeah, but like, I just mean that's the premise of when it, the series gets set up because yeah. it's still new. It's only like seven it's, issues in, or it's something. It's only like four. It's like That's four or five in. It's not that far in. Um, so far, I like it. I mean, like it's interesting at the very least. I'm not in love with it. Like it's not a kind of book right. I'm really looking forward to reading the next issue. Yeah, I agree. It, it's got an interesting premise. Um, the characters are interesting. There's one or two that kind of annoy me, but Rachel's yeah. in it. Storm. I don't like Rachel in it. Like the way she is, and it's just kind of eh. Rachel's a badass. She she's is. Pretty bad. I don't like her. She's always been kind of annoying, even in Excalibur. Yeah. yeah, true. Rachel's the best in Star Jammers and War of Kings and Realm of Kings. She's such a beast. Um, Rachel, Storm, Psylocke, Rogue. Jubilee and Wolverine are the main X Men's in it, and a lot of people hate on Jubilee, but Jubilee's actually I like really Jubilee cool. And I like a lot, her too. Um, she's just cool. she's kind of like everybody's favorite like whipping boy of the X Men. <laughs> whipping boy, like I said. Um, Uncanny X Men has been one of the original Marvel Now titles. That is the one with Cyclops in his own school. Now I know a lot, most of you guys read that. Oh yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts? We talked about this. Yeah. Um, as you said about your X-Men Legacy stuff, I was on the verge of dropping that book um, for the last two issues, and they kind of brought me back in with the Sentinel and everything. Um, I think I think it's interesting what they're doing. The broken powers, the new students. Um, but I don't like the flavor of Cyclops. Scott seems to be like on the verge of having relations with everybody, um, and, that, and that's really awkward to me. Well, I was going to say, like the premise of the whole thing, for those who don't know, is basically... Scott Summers is starting his own, like, rebellion school. 
that's counterpart to the Jean Grey school. Mm-hmm. It's called the, the Charles it, Xavier. Yeah, it's yeah. called the Xavier school. Um, he's basically like trying to become this new mutant messiah, effectively, and rescue them all. But he, Magneto, Magic, and Emma Frost are the ones who are running it, and their powers are all fractured and broken. And it's just like their little adventure that's going on. My problem with it's been though, it's it's paced weird. Like I know I've said that before about books, like. We went. You go from like a bunch of action and introducing characters, and then it's just like four or five issues of just Summers talking to everybody, and then like yeah, the, I agree. the latest issue picked it back up. Um, there's been some action. They've introduced a villain kind of with some cut-ins. Um, I'm okay with the lack of action. I came from a Chris Claremont school of X-Men. Very. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't see the pictures. There were so many yeah. word bubbles. <laughs> but um, I mean, the story that they're telling it. I think is as fractured as the pace yeah. and, and their powers, if you will, and that's that's what's messing with me. Unfortunately, is yeah. um, you go from you, you think you're getting more information from a, a previous issue, and then the, all, all of a sudden, sudden they're like, just yeah. doing training in the next issue. Like, there's no there's, there's no like, focus. Yeah, they're not telling us what needs to be it's, told. It's like we talked about with Hickman before. We like when hit we like when Hickman does stuff because if he does side tangents. It's, it's going to converge back later. In. It's going to be very important. Yeah, he he's like the definition of Chekhov's gun. If he introduces something, it's going to be useful later. Um, what I don't like about Uncanny X Men is a lot of it is like it's here, it's gone, it's here, it's gone, it's here, it's gone, it's worthless. Yeah, the like, art what? dropped off. Oh yeah, the art dropped off horribly. I like it. It's it's not my favorite, but I like it, and it's been holding my attention well, mainly because of just the kids and like I like oh I like the new characters I like meeting new kids like new mutants gold ball is my favorite gold balls (laughs) Um, like battle cry (laughs) all the books in comics that are about like Avengers Arena Teen Titans of course but Avengers Arena New Mutants like I've always just really liked those books just because I I like being thrown new characters all the time you know what I mean and that's the I think that's the main reason why I like the book I don't love it though it's not that amazing the one thing I do enjoy of it is the the Stepford, the Stepford sisters, or the whatever. cuckoos. They're yeah, yeah, I like their back and forth, and how like some of them are rebelling and stuff like that. It, it, it isn't it, like the students are probably my favorite part of it. Um, I'm hoping either it picks up and starts getting more focused now that stuff started to snowball. The kind of the contrast to this book is the all new X Men book, which is the what is the school? What is that school called? I can't remember. There's the two Rachel, so, Rachel, the school of the Rachel Jean Grey. It's Jean, Jean, Grey. Jean Grey school, yeah. No, Rachel doesn't run it. Kitty runs it. Kitty and Wolverine yeah, run the school. Right. Yeah. Um, Actually, I do like this book. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. no, you're fine. Um, the premise <laughs> yeah. of this book is it's the main school and the main set of X-Men, but the original X-Men, which is Iceman, Angel, Jean, Scott, and Hank, have been pulled out of their era by, by Beast current beast to try to solve his problem like he has a uh, like a physiological thing that's killing him and he brings them back i forget why something where he thinks they might have something that's going to help cure him or whatever so he brings them back in time to they br- he brings them to the current day and time and of course it goes along with the rest of the post Ultron stuff where we're messing up the time space continuum. Well, I think it's he's studying um, their explosion of mutations, like how they're advancing because his is getting hyper advanced and it's degenerating him. But it's a very interesting and well drawn book. It's a beautiful book. I was gonna say um, the the art I've seen is just it's cool seeing like the initial arc is the kids and just learning what all happens to him ahead of time, like 
Scott learning that he's going to become a colossal asshole and kill Xavier eventually, <laughs> and Gene, um, Gene learning colossal asshole. Well, Gene learning <laughs> Gene learning that she's going to become the Phoenix, which almost destroys the entire universe, yeah, and yeah. then her herself is going to die. Like, I mean, that's that's it's pretty crazy. Heavy, I love. And Hank also doesn't know he's going to transform yet into the actual beast figure because yeah. at the time he's human. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna I was gonna bring up and laugh at the fact that when we get to Wolverine and the X Men, uh, when Kid Omega meets the old school Gene and like he's hitting on her and stuff, it's freaking hilarious. I think it'd be crazy. Like I like the whole concept of Gene because she's still learning the powers. She's early on, and she walks into this world where they're so open to Gene just naturally that she's just flooded with all their thoughts and feelings yeah. about her and. I just I, the, the way they portray it is is great. It's it, absolutely great. It's it sounds like a stupid premise, like oh we're gonna pull the old X Men into the new one. It sounds like almost like a cash in, but it's pretty well done, and you enjoy it. Actually, that sounds pretty amazing to me. And actually, <laughs> I totally sold me. So if you want to be a dick, but about I, I it, like the it's worth it. I like the crossover aspect of it. Like in uh, Uncanny X Men, like you have angels gone over to join. Um, Scott's school. Angels joined Scott's school, and like you get to see his interactions with mm-hmm. stuff, and they're telling him like at one point they're like, "Oh, you're gonna work for Apocalypse." He's like, "Oh shit!" And like, there's all these little things that they've done a good job of tying it into everything. It, it's it's all right. It's a it's one of the better X Men books right yeah. now. Um, Wolverine and the X Men is the best. Well, that and X Factor are tied in my opinion. Wolverine and the X Men. <laughs> Has been running before Marvel now, it's and my it's opinion. And if you disagree, it's wrong. It's coming to a close <laughs> right now. Actually, supposedly this is the last arc. Um, it's all about all the new kids. Good riddance. Um, all the new kids and kind of the teachers too, like Wolverine and Kitty and Bobby and Rachel and Husk initially, and Toad's the janitor. It's it's a very very well drawn book for one, but it's a very comical book. The characters, like I said. It's one of those books where you're you have tons of these new characters and new power sets that are introduced to you like nonstop, and there's so many lovable kids like Kid Omega, but it's like you have Gladiator Son, you have Brew, which is an awesome little brood guy, and but most importantly you're in you're introduced to the new um, Hellfire Club, which is actually kids with Kincaid being the head guy, and these kids are just like. Ridiculously, like crazy and the, the bloodthirsty. Frankenstein yeah, they are just—they're nuts, and they're really like over the top evil. But it, it works; it works really well. And they're so—they've had so many great stories. It's just a well-written book. I can't remember who writes it, but it's—it's it's the best like dedicated X-Men book. Yeah, by I was far. gonna say it. At times, it can get a little wacky and goofy, but it's in a good way. Yeah, like it's still serious when it's goofy, and I really like books that can pull that off. And it, it's been enjoyable so far. Um, there's so many there's been lots of big like I feel like all the stories none of them are boring it's always something big that's going on that mm-hmm. they're dealing with and, Ag- and Agent Brand from Swords in it a lot I always like, Which I like things Agent with Brand. her and it is the best like I said the best X-Men dedicated book right now but you should go back and go back to issue one read it all because it's about to be done right now there's a big arc it's kind of like the two schools going at war because about halfway through the Brotherhood gets their school finished and they basically start stealing some of the kids from the from uh, kitty school and they kind of have this big war almost yeah I was gonna say on the whole fact this is coming to a close it's Marvel trying to close all the pre the pre-marvel now right they want everything all... to be Marvel now yeah 
I'm scared for Venom. Um, uh, there's no way. Venom sells way too well for them to... The best X-Men related book on the shelves is by far X-Factor. Has anybody else read X-Factor? Well, you no! Uh, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Have you read Wolverine X-Men? What? No, I need to. Though. Okay. No, I want to read that. Have you read X-Factor? Uh, no. Okay, I won't spoil stuff. Have you, you either of you guys read it? No. no. Oh, you guys seriously have to read it. Apparently yeah. it's the best. No, no, it really no, is. I have to. It really is. If you read you it, you'll see. thought you were going to say Uncanny Avengers. I, is oh, I wasn't considering that an X-Men book. You know, um, it really is. the though. end of this last issue, and I won't ruin anything, but I mean, you, we were talking about a tie-in between the universes, and um, I, I think, I don't know how it became this way, but it seems to be a pivotal story arc for the whole, possible the whole universe, because they've, they've already hinted at the Red Threat, Well, they blatantly said, like, something is coming. Yeah, so, I mean, and, you know, we know what happened to Xavier when he was introduced evil into his heart, and then now the red threat. It's, I I like Uncanny Avengers a lot because it brings a lot of characters in that conflict really well, and they write them well when they conflict. Like, uh, I love, like, I'm starting to love Havoc. Like, I didn't have very, very good I've always loved Havoc since Havoc's amazing. I've never known much about it. Favorite books. I love them in Age of Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm liking the Apocalypse Twins, because, like, even though they're cut-and-dry villains to a point, they're also, they're very gray, because they're doing everything they do for a reason. Yeah, and that, I like that. Um, In comics, you typically get I'm a bad guy because I'm a bad guy. But it's nice to get a villain once in a while who you have to sit and wonder, do I agree with them? Yeah, I mean, they introduce... They do a lot of cool things with them. Like, they're appeasing Kang. They introduce, like, a really cool Asgardian weapon. Yeah, Um, and that ties into Thor, God of Thunder a little bit, too. (laughs) You've got got Rogue and Scarlet Witch's uh, interaction, which are brilliant. And then, like I was saying... Mutant X and old I like, school. I like Rogue and Thor's interaction actually. Where yeah, Thor, Thor's taking like this big brother role to Rogue. Absolutely, and there's just so many uh, great things about it. I agree. Uh, I like it. Um, it's not my favorite. Oh, Avengers or X Men book. Also, a Rick Remender book. But it's been Is getting it? better. <laughs> I feel like it's been getting better yeah, as been, it goes it's been on. Getting better. Um, um, and the team is a very like cool. Like it seems thrown together, but really. It's, not. it's well thought out. He's writing them really well. Well, too. and in Wolverine the X Men, the set Havoc has Avengers. Yeah. So I cannot wait to build my uh, Uncanny Avengers. Uncanny Avenger team. And then um, the other thing that I like is uh, Wonder Man shows up in it. Which yeah. you don't really get it. I haven't really seen much of him. Like, I haven't read a lot of older stuff. That's by so, his choice, too, which is pretty nuts. I mean, he's a character that I, I want to know more about yeah and it's nice to get those doses and you get some celestial stuff in there too which is cool yeah because you have the whole since they're the kids of apocalypse of course they do the celestial stuff they have the new four horsemen of death oh which, buddy if don't, you haven't seen by now I don't, mean, don't don't spoil that one just let them get to yeah, it yeah it's, it's just fantastic the choices of them are great it really is the villains have been spectacular. The Red Skull with the brain of Charles Xavier. Yeah. Horrifying idea. <laughs> I mean, come on. I thought they were going to take that and run with it. I thought it would end up being like uh, a big... Well, it's come, yeah, it's major. just in the background. Right? Okay, okay. When a great villain gets sees a little bit of opposition, draws back, let him get a little comfortable, and he comes back. Yeah. And we need more Red Skull stuff. It's been a while since he's been a main kind yeah. of focus on yeah, a on Give a him book. some Xavier-level powers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and he's a clone of... Red Skull. 
I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's like a clone. But, like, what I like about it is towards the beginning, like, it plays off the typical X-Men themes of everyone hating on mutants. Mm-hmm. And the main, like, without really spoiling it, the main core of it is Red Skull is, it starts out Red Skull inciting mutant, anti-mutant violence. Yep. Like, that's his thing, is to form this wedge between the Avengers and X-Men that plays in the post-AVX world. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really interesting how it, it's just not, it's weird to see how it affects all the characters and how they respond to each other. Um... It, I'm big on character development, and I feel like they did a good job with it so far. It, it's my favorite Havoc. X-Men book right now, yeah. yeah. I mean, Cap's following Havoc. Yeah. I, I'm i glad you guys brought up, because I hadn't even really considered it an X-Men book, but I guess, yeah, it does... It's kind of half and half. It, it is like... Well, I'd say it's almost more of an X-Men book than an Avengers book, even, because it's just like... It's like an X-Men book featuring Cap, Thor, and... Cap and Thor. Cap and Thor. <laughs> well, Scarlet Witch as well. Because she's a straight-up... And Wasp. Wasp. And, oh yeah, in her old school weird ass costume. Yeah. <laughs> On back to X Factor, I don't want to. I don't want to get into the details too much. Yeah, I want to do that. But yeah. it's a very different setting than all the other X Men books. It's a detective agency. They have. They're off in their own kind of little world. Not, not, not literally, but they're not really. You don't get a lot of cameos from the X Men, and it's their own focused storyline. The art is perfect. The writing is perfect. The story arcs are kind of. They're not major, like, uh, freaking apocalypse is going to destroy the world type stuff. It's just <laughs> focused things that are just really well written. The character development is excellent. And almost all of the, basically the entire core team got clicked in the Wolverine X-Men set, and I couldn't be happier Strong. about it. Literally every one of them except Pip, pretty much. And Pip's not really on the team. He's kind of, like, just hangs out. And Advisor kind of role? He, yeah, well, basically, he just throws in a quip here and there, and he's not in it a whole lot. But, uh, Infinity Watch. Pip, yeah, right? Pip is, yeah, except he's way cooler in this. Like, he has a beard, and he's basically like a drunk, he's basically Gimli, I guess. <laughs> like, he, he throws in nice little gems here and there. But what, there is this one issue which really shows you, like, kind of like what he does, like, in all the. In the downtime? Yeah, like, well, like what he's doing behind the scenes, and it's really inter- entertaining. But that, I, I can't recommend that book, not only as to X Men fans, fans, but just a overall, just a great book. I picked it up at the point one issue, like, three and a half years back. And um, got all the way caught up. And it actually supposedly is about to end as well. Um, or at least that's the rumor. So maybe they're going to be closing that down and rebooting it with Marvel now too. Hopefully they keep the same creative team because they, they really have something special going. This is an M and... Yes. Cool. Um, she's, she's a great character. It's, it starts off with... I've never read anything with her. It what? starts off with Madrox, M, um, Layla... Um, Banshee, Shatterstar, Richter, awesome. Longshot, who's Longshot's beyond awesome, and um, he's okay. And strong guy. Yeah, I was about to say. And I feel like there's maybe one or two other ones, but um, anyways, kind of halfway through, Polaris and Havoc come back from the whole realm yes. of kings. They're yeah. they're in space with the Star Jammers, and they come back down. And then Havoc used to be the leader, but yeah. now it's Madrox, so there's this whole, like, who's going to be the leader type thing, and it's real it's interesting. It's pretty good. But it is a great, great book. I can't recommend it highly enough. And I'm, like I said, I hope if they do redo it that they keep the same creative team. Um, and M, that's who I was forgetting. And Wolfsbane. Wolfsbane. Yeah, she's a classic. Wolfsbane and her son. a pretty large team. And it? Darwin is in it, too, which Darwin? never... Darwin's awesome. Yeah, I know who Darwin um, is. I'm just he's saying. He's in it's... and out of it from, you know, here and there, but that is a 
Cotton, you guys got to read that book. So you, you know, talk I, about I think it. a story like that it does sound really interesting. I hope, I really hope it does come back. Uh, there's no way. Like it's been running so long, they're gonna do something. Yeah, it's on like what issue? Like either they'll make a new team, three hundred characters or something. Yeah, um, I hope we don't lose M. I mean, M is oh, never mind. I can't say anything. Have you have you read the? I was about to spoil something. No, spoil it. Spoil it. Have you read the more recent run of Age of Apocalypse? Uh, yeah, I own like the first. I think four of it. She makes a showing in that. And, like, I really like. Like, I forgot. She I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she's really, also really. Actually, I might have read the whole thing. Really, I need to read the old Age of Apocalypse you, still. He really. Needs you to haven't read it. it? I've read the old. Stuff it's on. probably it's my favorite because their hair is the whole panel. Dude, <laughs> you know, Joe Monterey did uh, the Astonishing X Men for it. Oh, I love Monterey. So, and then um, you've got, I mean, Roger Cruz is doing stuff, and the Cooper Brothers. I, just, I plan on going back to read it, especially now that I've read the more recent it's stuff. It's probably one of the best runs of all time. Yeah. It was the most hyped up run, that's for sure. I, I think it's great. Yeah, it's, I, I do. I, I need to read it. You guys um, need to get Marvel Limited, I'm telling you. It's, it's Netflix <laughs> for comic books. Seriously? If, yeah. We'll discuss month? this later. Okay. The art team is the, unless they're going to sponsor us. The main writer is Peter David, and it looks like yes. he's been he's been writing it for years and years and years. Um, if it, a good jumping on point is two twenty four point one of X Factor, if anybody wants to jump on, yeah, that's the one I would recommend. And all the point ones actually for Marvel, I have like all these. that's kind of what they do is they make it. See, I got a good into, jump on. I got into X Factor because of Age of Apocalypse because mm-hmm. I read the prequels with Legion Quest and all that good stuff. Yeah. I really enjoyed Strong Guys being this 90s horrible reference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really Machine. Close. There's some big stuff popping with Strong Guy, which I accidentally spoiled to you at one day yeah. in the truck. But um, it's, sobbing, you called me. it's a good read. Um, <laughs> so let's move from a positive note to a negative note and talk about Cable and X-Force. Oh, that makes me sad because that's one I'm really looking forward to reading. Yeah. Is it bad? Have you I haven't read it, it yet? I haven't picked it up. Have you read it? No. no. Okay, it's not that good. Okay. Um, the art's really good, and the team is really good. It's Cable and Forge, Dr. Nemesis. Okay. Um Colossus for most say, of like, it. All the characters in it sound like characters I'd love to have together on a team. It is getting better. Where, whereas a lot of these team, a lot of these books we've been talking about had started off decent and got worse. I feel like this one started off bad and is getting slightly better because now hope is more of the main focus too, yeah, nice. and it's explaining what's been going on this whole time. It is getting better. So I guess if you really like Cable, then and the, those characters, then I like pick it Forge. Up. I like Cable. I love Colossus. Those three characters alone could sell me on. A Forge board. and Doctor Nemesis are hilarious together. I bet. And I love Doctor Nemesis no, too. Can I ask a hero quick question on the real name on Forge? It says unknown, but I feel like they've revealed his origins in the past. I, Am I completely wrong. Don't on that? think I've ever heard him called anything besides Forge. Forge, okay. But that's why Wikipedia exists, Phil. Let's look at Forge. No, it's why Marvel exists. Forge to heat metals, no. Um, Disambiguation. Um, or that. Let's move real quick while I'm looking up Forge. Let's yeah. talk about Gambit. The one comic I haven't read. You haven't read Gambit? I still haven't picked up Gambit because I always forget it exists. You I, have a poster of him on your wall, like, like posing in lingerie. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Gambit is actually it's it's not quite bad enough to be a guilty pleasure book. But it's not ex. It, it's very enjoyable. So You'll it's love my it. kind of book. You thing. will love it because I like those like lowbrow, almost like guilty pleasure. Yeah, it's about as lowbrow as it gets. It's not. <laughs> it's not. You shut your mouth, Bill. 
I'm just saying, it's a low eyebrow. It's not perfectly written. It's not perfectly written. The art, the art is pretty good. Um, and it kind of jumps around from storyline to storyline, but the character's development's good, and the the storylines are short but enjoyable, and okay. you will definitely, that, definitely if, like it. It definitely sounds like Supposedly, it's getting canceled soon, so pick it up. <laughs> well, once again, it's a mar- it was a pre-Marvel now. Pre-Marvel now, yeah. yeah. Supposedly. It's well, we cool. haven't seen much of Gambit now that I think about it. He hasn't really shown up in other books um, as good. a Marvel now. Forge was created by Chris Claremont and J.R.J.R. The wordsmith, Chris Claremont. And he does not have a real name on here. It should be over here on the right side, and I don't see it. It's so just Forge. They yeah, may not the have maker genius. They may not have ever revealed his name. Yeah, I mean, he's mo- one of the most interesting characters. We oh, talked yeah. about it after clicks the other night. And what if he's a time traveler? He's not. He's not a time. <laughs> he's a shaman. So to wrap the comic section up, let's say if you could only recommend three X Men books for people to pick up, what would be yours? Your three. That's a lot for I got me. one. Go ahead. All new X-Men, because the artwork and the story is interesting. Um, Uncanny Avengers, because I'm going to throw it in there anyways. And from what you told me about X-Factor, the whole detective thing seems really cool. And the character list seems good. Yeah, and the character list, yeah. yeah. Um, another, another quick thing I forgot to mention about X-Factor is it deals in mystical stuff a lot, too. Which you in the X-Men universe, you don't get a whole lot of. You get some cosmic stuff, but you don't get mystical a lot. We got yeah. a little bit of it in Uncanny X-Men, like with magic going to Limbo and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Which sure. is interesting, but it, it wasn't enough to, like... You mean being in charge of Limbo? Yeah. Okay. Dormammu. I was training with Doctor Strange I, in a different I realm. love Dormammu showing up in anything. Like, Yeah, he's good. Especially when he's all emo about uh, stuff. Austin and Drew, what do you like? Yeah, uh, three ongoing? Yes, current X-Men books. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Uncanny X-Men, because it's interesting. I think it's going to go places eventually. It's just taking its time getting there. Um, Un- Uncanny Avengers is my big one. I would recommend that book <laughs> in a heartbeat. I agree. Um, it starts out, like for people like me who weren't big in the X-Men world, um, it, it was a big jumping in point for me. But when you get into it, it, it's good. I love the characters. It's written well. And then, um, uh, I don't really know what the third one I'd recommend. It probably Wolverine and the X-Men. Like, as I said, it it's goofy at times, but it's serious. And it, it, it's an entertaining, like, I don't feel like I wasted time reading it at all. Like, I enjoy it. Um, it it's just a good book. Drew, you got anything you like especially? The thing is, I don't, I haven't read a whole lot of X-Men books. Um. Like, have you read Uncanny Avengers? I read the yeah, I read the first couple issues. That's a good book. It's you should read that. Uh, apparently, X Factor is good. I mean, it's got a strong guy in it, so I like it. Drew's just gonna follow up on the best suggestions for us uh, three. <laughs> uh, There's nothing wrong with this. You know what? Go read Cable and X Force and tell me how bad it is. <laughs> it's not horrible. I just coming off of coming off of X Factor. Okay, I'm gonna say Wolverine and the X Men is the best X-Men based book. I'm going to give you three... Oh, duh, normal X-Men. I forgot about that. I, that we said that, the pick. girls one. No, I was going to say that was oh. my third one. I'm going to give you three that give you kind of a, a look at each facet. Uncanny Avengers going to give you the whole current like relations with the humans versus mutants. Sure. And it's a, like I said, excellent book. Then Wolverine the X-Men so that you get your classic character fixes and then X-Factor because it's the by far the best overall book and you're still getting the Cool character, X Men yeah. characters. Minus Phantom X. Don't be yeah, my, that guy. 
I hate that Phantom X guy. Well, Phantom X isn't Phantom X right now is what sucks. Like, it's whole... I mean, he's split. Get him back together. I would, I would like, say, like, the one thing that's going on with X-Men that I'm noticing <laughs> is right awkward. Now. It is cool. I mean, it's cool, but awkward having Cluster and freaking mm-hmm. Agent X and Phantom X, all those... Uh, um, what I was going to say that's kind great. of, like, you're, you kind of see a little bit, and it confuses some of the newer, like, X-Men readers like me. There's multiple generations of X-Men, kind of. So, like, you have the original groups, and then, like, there's a second gen, which is... Of course, like, a lot of them that were added. But, like, with Brew and all them, like, they were, like, the last newly added generation. Right. And then Uncanny X-Men and Wolverine both now are kind of adding, um... They're kind of bringing in this current Marvel Now's new stuff. Yeah, there's a Wikipedia article about that. You, you there go is. Look at, yeah, yeah. There's a whole <laughs> that's awesome. They have a table that says, hey, first generation. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that's actually like, really good info. Because five, and then you've got, like, the... Krakatoa story arc with all the new ones. That was fantastic. Yeah. Wolverine and the X Men, the school is on Krakoa and it's awesome. Yeah, it is it's actually so awesome. on Krakoa, isn't it? Um well it's on one of Krakoa's kids. I read the first issue yeah. and I was like, it's on Krakoa. Doesn't it turn out he's it's a mutant, right? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. is I mean it's his own just yeah. like Krakoa is its own like entity. Um and now with the last current run with the big war, you find out more about Krakoa. Cool. I read something that had like I'll have to check out that Exodus and Black Bart and stuff attacking one of the schools. That's in Legacy at the beginning. Okay, so I did start Legacy then. I just didn't. It's like the second arc. I like That's Black when Bart. it starts going downhill is with yeah. that. <laughs> going back to the click thing, I'm so happy Exodus got clicked. Yeah. Well, man, I was like, very happy with the, the their choices overall. They didn't redo a lot of pieces, really. They gave yeah. a good mix of things. Plus, like I said... All the X Factor clicks needed to be run besides Madrix, and, the and thing, they yeah, did them all. Like I love Exodus as a character, and the thing I really liked about that Exodus click, he was simple actually. Like when you look at his dial and his abilities, there's nothing like super super fancy. It's just straightforward. And like I, I was really hoping for some more acolyte stuff. I wanted more Marauders, but one of the best conversations I had with a clicks player was um, talking about how he was one of. Magneto's first disciples. Yeah. And then he says, that's why that power is named that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not ever reading the comics or anything. <laughs> Just playing clicks out of pure pleasure. Oh. That's enough X-Men. Oh. We've had such a big feel of, X- feel of X-Men with this. A set. big fill. A big fill. <laughs> uh, I lost three pounds. With our seals <laughs> and with our everybody talking and trading. If I hear the sets. letter X one more time. <laughs> um... Real quick, let's do anybody playing any new games besides Ascension, which we're about uh, to play right now, which is awesome. By the way, I played it on my phone. Ascension, so you did sit down and play it. Yeah, it's freaking sweet. Ascension on the phone. Ascension period's great, but uh, I picked up the new Smash Up expansion at Gen Con, uh, the obligatory yeah. Cthulhu set. And if you haven't played Smash Up, it's very fast. Um, I think it's three or two to four players. Is it another deck building game? Or is no, it? yeah, actually take just two mini decks, you smash them up with two genres, like aliens and robots, or... Hmm. That sounds awesome. Knights and fairies, you know, leprechauns and... I mean, it's all over the leprechauns place. Leprechauns and Cthulhu. Uh, yeah, flowers <laughs> and Cthulhu. You, you can shuffle them all up, and then you play at locations, and you're trying to score the location before other people do, and the first people of 15 wins. That's pretty cool. Sweet. It's awesome. It's a very good game. Um, I've been playing a Don't Starve. I finally picked it up. I had seen it on Steam a lot, and it's, it's been like a well-reviewed game, and stuff like that um aaron had picked it up and started playing it and i was watching him i was like it's a fun game um if you're into like the survival type of games where you're trying to like gather supplies build a camp and stay alive um it's an enjoyable game and it's cheap because it's an indie game you can pick it up i think 10 15 bucks whatever 
Um, you definitely get your money's worth out of it. It's got unlockable characters if you survive so many days into the game. Um, it, it's fun, and the art style is really like, at first it was kind of like off-putting, because it's very like a gothic sketchbook yeah. kind of, but um, you really get into it, and I like it, and it's got an interesting world, interesting story and stuff. Um, yeah. I'd recommend that. Have you played it? Sure. I've played it. It's pretty good. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen and Realm Reborn launched this week. I'm not touching it. So, I don't really care what you think. I love Square's Crack. How was FF? Uh, okay, let me start this off by saying it's a good game, but WizKids must have sent over some guys <laughs> to Square Enix to fuck up this launch so badly that <laughs> I, Do I don't understand, like... <laughs> <laughs> like how you could possibly screw up a launch? Do you not remember the FF thirteen mislaunch or whatever? The or SimCity one? Oh, you mean the fact that that the game was shit as it, it is? It was yeah. horrible. Was Let's. It was kind of bad, <laughs> no, it was the worst game I've ever played. But this game a is good. Time. It has. Oh, no, we were talking about SimCity over here. Oh, sorry. It has good. It has good ideas. It puts them together. It's it's a good game. My- but if I could play it, I'd be happy. <laughs> My big problem with the FF MMOs, though, are usually they're really custom-tailored to the Asian market, and Asian players like a completely different flavor of things than we typically do as Americans in MMOs. Let me tell you the biggest problem with this game right now. Grind? No. The grind's fine. Okay. I don't. Fishing. I personally don't mind grind. I'm a I huge either, fan of the Persona games. I enjoy. Oh god, I love too. Persona. I love anything Shin Megami Tensei, so I don't mind grinding. This game has a lot of stuff you can put your time into. There, you can pick any class you want to play and only have one character. It's good stuff like that. I really like, but the servers are terrible. They did not expect to get as many people as they got. And they're the probably launch. positioned in Japan. So it's making it even worse. The server... <laughs> Jap- no, that's the problem. Radioactive poisoning. Yeah, the well. Japanese have doubled the servers we have. The servers are alive. <laughs> the Japanese have doubled the servers we have. So, Damn. like, our servers are down half the time and we can't even play on them while they're over there having a blast. Posting screenshots and videos. Yeah. <laughs> Salt balloons. Hiking up the auction houses. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a fun game. I like it, but I can't wait to get to Endgame because I love in-game MMOs. On, on the subject of MMOs, though, um, have you been watching stuff on EverQuest Next yet? Yeah, it looks really oh good. Oh my gosh, me and Aaron watched all the keynotes and everything for that. I'm so excited for that. I'm a big EverQuest fan. I've played a lot of vanilla EverQuest. And it def- it's defined our current like decade of MMOs. The original. It is the MMO. Yeah, yes. and then this next one that's rolling in is going to be. They're setting it up so well, and then they're doing Landmark, which is a uh, their big. Yeah. Their big uh, system. It's a mini MMO that's coming out before EverQuest, and the way it works is you make a character, but you go collect resources, and you literally build a part of the world, and then you can sell those plots to people and stuff like that. And the developers have said they're going to take cool things that people build and introduce them into the actual world when they design the entire world of EverQuest yep. when the actual game comes out. Which is sweet to put that kind of power in player hands. Um, it takes a lot for developers to do that. But it's got a cool class system and all that stuff. Um, speaking of MMOs, I'm going to go flashback to the best MMO of all time. World of Warcraft. Um, no. The most successful one as well. But it I only is that the for best. Like eight years. Cryptozoic uh, and Blizzard, uh, they are breaking con. They're breaking breaking licensure. The TCG is now dead. It's official. No, oh, it the WoW TCG is dead. So uh, the whole thing about that was uh, Blizzard said in the game Hearthstone they weren't going to 
have loot cards and in-game content as long as it was in the actual trading card. Yeah, the trading card game's dead. They're going to do that with Hearthstone. So they just didn't up. You know, they didn't renew. They dropped it, and that's why Cryptozoic's doing Hex, and then Hearthstone's going on. Hex there. looks fun. Yeah, yeah Hex does. It's look unfortunate fun. though. I mean, the interactions with people. The I love sitting across from my opponents yeah. and playing games. That's why I love Hero Clicks, and we're losing another game they can. I think play in public. The big, the big <laughs> problem with the WoW TCG. Upper Deck really dropped the ball on that one, and Blizzard yeah, dropped the ball on Upper Deck. Though. I mean, yeah. Cryptozoic worked so hard to revive that. Yeah, Blizzard gave them the tools to do it with the in-game content and stuff like that. They worked together to build an amazing game, and unfortunately, they're just recycling a lot of artwork, and yeah, yeah it's just nuts. Um, speaking of Final Fantasy, I cannot wait for FFX HD to come out. It's, Although it's a Square Enix, I can't so even begin to. We're not going to hear about it till like the week okay, it comes out. Well, it's, and then, it's coming out on Vita, so I'll literally get nothing done at work you, for God knows how long. It's going to have shared games between your PS3 and your yeah. Vita. That's what I'm saying. Like that's I can so play awesome. it and then come home and play all night, <laughs> and then go to work and play all day. Tell me that feature and then come is home. awesome, Phil. You to like take your save game from your home console to your handheld and then continue playing it while you're on the road. My job it sucks. Yeah. Sony's <laughs> the best. Day. Sony's the best. Sony's great. Um, I've also been playing Saints Row, or as I like to call it, Crackdown Saints Row Edition. Saints Row Four. <laughs> it it started off very meh, and then you get to the president part, and it gives you all these cool, hilarious choices. And Terry Crews is like your cat, your Secretary of State, and Keith David's right. like your it's like Vice President Keith David, and <laughs> and like there's all this funny stuff, and then. The gameplay is kind of like this is the same as the third one. Oh, the good. graphics, so the, third one. the graphics are a little bit, almost feels worse, worse? than the last yeah. one. And then I was about to stop playing it and start playing Madden, and then and then I got the powers, and the aliens showed up, and all, and I get aliens to kill, and then you get powers just like Crackdown, like you're leaping from building to building, and you know gliding, and you get like these like. Um, superhero abilities like super speed and like you can like upgrade like where you can run up buildings like you feel like the flash and like it's just crazy and you get like you know ice breath and shit like that like it's really cool when, it's fun when I first saw Saints Row the Third like I was like I always thought it was like a Grand Theft Auto ripoff because that's what the first and second game really were but then like you pick up I've, I watched you play through part of the first one like the opening scene or whatever Sold. I went home and bought that game on Steam. Oh, on Saints Row Three. Yeah, yeah. The opening, the opening moments on Three. I don't know it's, if either of you two have played. I played. The third. Oh my gosh! Just go watch a YouTube video of the opening scene. The third's a it, It'll sell you. The the fourth one has a cool opening scene. I too. would highly recommend. Like, if you that's one game you could throw your ten bucks at on Steam because that's probably what it's down to on there right now, and you would easily get your money's worth. Um, it's. So damn funny. Burt Reynolds is the mayor of the damn city, and it's actually him voicing it. It's him killing zombies too. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's great. Yeah, I'm liking four so far. It's it's not amazing, but it is a really fun. Like you just can't stop. Yeah, and playing that, like fun game. It's not like it's not like super in depth or super deep or anything. It's just one of those games that you kick back, you pick up the controller, and you go run around and blow shit up for a few hours, and I love it. Um. Follow us on Twitter, dial H for Hero Clicks. We've all three been on. Phil's started it and started doing a lot of work, and Austin have I been and I have been on there when we can. Hey, doing with everybody. Yeah, everybody does it. You guys have and, so much uh, time for it. Like a, um, our Twitter handle is dial H 
four, the number four hero clicks. Yep. Like us on Facebook, dial H four hero clicks spelled out, and um, email us questions. Oh yeah, we do have an Instagram. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I um, keep our Instagram updated, and but every time I make a post there, I put it on our Twitter anyway. So if you're on our Twitter, you'll yeah, have you know, our Instagram. Is there a social media hub like program that'll have all those on there? We'll talk about it after. Okay. <laughs> um, you can email us questions. Um, you can answer the community question. Or you can submit things to the best build contest or dial design contest by emailing us at dialh for heroclicks at gmail.com. Um, that's going to wrap up this episode. It ended up, we, we got a pretty efficient little episode there. You yeah, said I was going to say, for how much info? Four, four guys we got done in two hours. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to go play Ascension and Heroclix. We'll see you guys next week. Now we're done. <laughs>